from LA and welcome to Dawson's Critique. I'm Erin Hensley. And I'm Julia Callahan and we are two former college roommates and current BFFs who have loved Dawson's Creek since episode one first aired on the WB in 1998. <laughs> well, I ran out of air. <laughs> <laughs> Join us for part two of our final listener corner. Yeah, final listener corner, um, part two. And then we've got one more after this. Yeah. And that is pretty much it. Yeah. Um, so yeah so thanks for I read some of your comments last week I'll probably address them um, as we go through this because uh-huh. I'm sure some things will come up <laughs> nice <laughs> and uh, yeah thanks for thanks for yeah. all your kind thoughts and um, we've gotten a lot of just emails that just say thank you and yeah um, that's so nice. I want you guys to know that we read them and we really really appreciate them yeah, so, yeah. thank you for doing it yeah so how are you doing I'm okay. It's a little weird to be thinking about, to be almost done. Mm-hmm. I agree. Very weird. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know that it's like fully hit me yet. I agree. I feel like it'll hit me like a couple of weeks after we stop recording. Yeah, I agree with you. Like I'll be like, oh shit. We're actually done with that. <laughs> or like if I don't see you for two weeks. I know. I'll be like, oh my God. Yeah. Did I, haven't I not talked to Aaron in two weeks? Like, I know. That's I so totally weird. agree. Especially since it'll be like around Thanksgiving, and we'll yeah. be like, "Wait, so we not probably seen will you like in yeah. a month." Like- yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> totally. Um, so that'll feel really weird. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. It it's hard because it, it just the end is so bleak <laughs> of the show that yeah. You, you're like so ready for it to be over and then when it's over you're like wait what wait i don't know and i feel like even we felt that way at the time or like because yes. the finale is so good you're like that's it that's all we'll ever see of those characters I know. you know i do um so yeah it's kind of it's just a weird feeling for sure yeah um but you know like we keep saying we're all so excited <laughs> yeah yeah we've got things we've got we got life things that we need to do and yeah you know all that so so yeah it's a mixed bag but um but yeah it's it's nice to talk about this show sort of as a whole mm-hmm. right now yeah so. no i agree and we just watched or we watched um the pilot over on patreon which i guess will come out this friday and you're like just re- remembering like where we start and where we end and i don't know yeah kind of like man this show is really good <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> It still slaps. I don't know. I think one of the questions like, will you ever watch Dawson's Creek again? So once we yeah. get, if we don't get to it, then we'll ask that at the end. But I'm pretty sure that's one of the questions. Yeah. Um, so I have thoughts on that. <laughs> Same. Yeah. So should we just jump right in? Yeah, I'm ready. I know Let's last dive time in. There were so many. So yeah, I know. I'm like nervous. Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. So let's start with Remy. Yeah. My perfect season six and season finale would be as follows. In Clean and Sober, Joey realizes she still has feelings for Pacey and becomes drunk, Joey, because she can't handle feelings and is avoiding the issue. In Castaways, she becomes super jealous when Pacey is flirting with the other girl at the party and then, to his surprise, kisses him in Kmart and basically says all the things Pacey says in the episode, but now it's from her. How romantic would it be if Pacey was Joey's white noise? Oh so true yeah um the rest of season six pacey is then forced to 
examine if one, he still loves Joey. And two, if he does still love Joey, he has to examine if he has done enough personal growth to decide if he can ever feel confident in his relationship with her. Mm. The stupid money stuff with Dawson can still happen, but Joey can actually stick up for Pacey and try to prove to him that she isn't always choosing Dawson every time. Yeah. Pacey can use that dumb storyline as a setback in his confidence. He feels like he is still a fuck up and tells Joey he needs to figure things out. In the series finale, Joey is single and upon arrival finds out that Paisley is having casual sex with Virginia Madsen, who is not married. She struggles with how to lay her heart on the line, but ends up giving the, quote, simple act of being in love with you is enough speech. Ah. I can't stress enough that this speech is not interrupted by Bessie and Gail. <laughs> and Pacey and the fans actually get the dialogue we deserve. Yeah. I, I mean, I like that, Remy. I do. I like that. I, I, you know, I think it's like, it's so weird in season six. Cause like, you can see that the writers are really struggling with like, how are we going to end this? Mm-hmm. And like, I think they did try something. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not sure that I, I mean, I know that I don't like it, but yeah. like, okay, you know, you did try to like how to end this realistically, but yeah. also for a show. And it's so funny. Cause like, um, we got a lot of comments when we said that we wished Dawson and Jen ended up together right. where people were like, Jen is too good for Dawson, which right. like, I, I don't disagree with. Yeah. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But I also actually think that like Dawson is such a better person when he's with Jen that yeah. like, Jen deserves that guy. Yeah. You know, and like, and, but I was also thinking like, listen, as I've said this before, but I want to reiterate, this is a television show. I know. If my actual friend was like, I'm trying to decide between, if it was, they were 25 and they were like, I don't know, I went home and all this stuff happened. And now I'm like trying to decide between my two high school boyfriends. I would yeah. be like, girl, get the fuck out of I there. Know. I'm coming to get you. Yeah. To choose no, neither of them. Neither. <laughs> neither of them is the answer. And so, like, I think there's certain conceits that have to happen for television because, like, the actual answer is that, like, none of these people should end up together and they should go on and live their lives and grow and change and I become know, adults. A lot of, or a part of me thinks Pacey's too good for Joey. Yeah. You know? I think I think you are not alone. So, like, I feel like that argument stands in the ending that we love. So, I, yeah. I agree. Um, I guess, that, like, and I've, I, I've always felt this way, is just that, like, Joey, we could have gone on that journey in season six if Joey had an actual friend to like be debriefing about it yeah. you know like the fact that she's like being PC wants to get back or you know wants to get back together and like I don't know if I'm ready to be in a serious relationship or like why did she choose Eddie again you know yeah and then after the show's like yeah she chooses Eddie and then like, like Eddie breaks up with her over a letter in a letter oh my god a fucking piece of shit I had already blanked that out oh my god <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the letter he's an asshole a, like a like a fucking asshole he's he does basically what dawson does in season six episode two uh, he's like you're a child you're nothing yeah, but a child yeah, like he yeah. does the same thing and i'm like I can know. we not infantilize this like fucking grown-ass woman <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> like simultaneously put her on a pedestal as being perfect and infantilize her, her. it's like, oh, horrific. I mean, so but I definitely, those are the places where I have sympathy for Joey because I'm like, listen, if men are doing that to you, that is sucks. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that yeah, really does suck. You. Yeah. Um, but I, I definitely agree with Remy that like 
you kind of want Joey to be saying some of those things to Pacey. Um, well, because, and I think, like, the thing that we love about Joey and Pacey's relationship, and there are these moments where, like, each of them gets to be the, like, real romantic lead. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like like in the episode where they have sex for the first time in Winter's yeah. Tale. Or in the finale, in the finale of season three when she gets to be like, I think I'm in love with you. Yeah. You know, and give like the most romantic speech and right. everything. Yeah. Right. And and she and like and in those ways, Dawson's Creek could be such a mm-hmm. forward thinking show. Yeah. That like really Joey is the romantic lead in those scenes and is romancing yeah. Casey. Yeah. In a way that I think we didn't get to see women ever do in television. And so I think like, yeah, would I have loved that? Would I have loved her to sort of be this like extremely romantic person to him? Like and 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 really like say, no, I fucking love you. Yeah. Like 100 percent. Totally. Totally agree with you. A hundred percent. So like I don't you know, that sounds like a great finale to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, the you know. It's hard because I think everyone just wishes we could have gotten more Pacey and Joey, like just diving into like what that would have meant and looked like, even if it ends up with them not being together, if we had actually like seen her thought process as to like why she wasn't ready to be with Pacey, like we could have gone on that journey. In season six. Yes. Yes. But she would have needed to have like a real friend to like talk that out with. Right. Um, But unfortunately, the multiple people who claimed to be her friend were apparently unavailable to act in those scenes with her. Yeah. And and we never see her consult her friends about anything. About anything. Which is just like, I don't know, to me it's just that like, seems it's really a hard sell. Yeah, I agree. It's like hard to buy that like a sixteen year old girl or know, an eighteen year old girl, nineteen year old yeah. girl isn't like I don't know what to do, even if you do know, but you're like, oh my God, I don't know. Like, I need to process. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, I definitely agree that we should have got the dialogue we all deserve. <laughs> yep. Okay. This is from Alana. Mm. Number one. If Josh Jackson had been cast as Dawson, which I, which he initially was considered for, I believe, how much like more likable do you think the character of Dawson would be? How much is the writing and how much of it is James Vanderbeek's bad, angry acting? <laughs> Similarly, how much less would we love Pacey if it was not Joshua Jackson playing him with the nuance and gentleness he brings to this character? Yeah, I mean, you would have had a different show. Oh, without a doubt. I think we would. Have, well, first of all, because the chemistry between Josh Jackson and Katie Holmes is so electric that if he was Dawson, you'd be like, all right, we're in. We're sold. <laughs> I know. Never looking back, yeah, you know. Exactly. Um, and we could have like been so like, even if it was the exact same script, same story, same, every same acting. Set, yeah. Every episode was still the same, but Josh Jackson in, in the um, James Vanderbeek or in the Dawson role, you would buy into the like. You'd be like, well, I get why you're doing it, girl. I get why you're doing it, girl. I understand. I do see that he might be your soulmate and that there's something special between <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So I 100% yeah. think that the character of Dawson would be more likable. And like, yeah, because I think there's such similarities in the sense where like the there are things that are written that James Vanderbeek makes these choices that could have just made like he could have made different acting choices I know I say this all the time but the way he yells at her how could you do this to me an anti-prom I just yeah, think that's really to me that's like such an 
a perfect example of how if he had a single tear and was like, how could you do this to me? Like all softer, Super hurt. you would be like, oh my God, I feel for him so much. Yeah. Like you would, I don't know, you would, you would feel for him. And like, it's hard because I think at the end of season three, you should be feeling for him. It's really fucked up what's happening to him. But because he's so angry, it's like, ugh, I like, don't feel bad for you. It's hard to feel yeah, I, don't know. It's like I feel, I feel like, like she I should feel, absolutely run away from you. I feel bad for you, but like not in the way you you want yeah. me to, yeah. you know. Um, so I definitely agree, and I think you know simultaneously vice versa. Like say if James Vanderbeek had been in the Pacey role, I'd be like this fucking asshole. Well, I don't know, like because a lot of the stuff it can be fucked up. Even with like I don't know. Sometimes I think about the things with Andy, like even an anti prom when he's like, like ooh, I like. I realized that I did go to you for go with you for the wrong reasons, you know, and like said without Josh Jackson's charisma and and gentleness, it's kind of like a fucked up thing to say. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. But because like he takes all those things with like just a real like softness and honesty and like a like he's apologetic um you're kind of like well that's the way you have honest conversations yeah that's how you say hard things you yeah. know and that they can be received and processed in a way in which like is good and healthy totally totally and i mean how many comments do we get about people usually when they're defending dawson talking mm-hmm. about pacey like acting or behaving a certain way towards mm-hmm. a certain person and and you know, I think the thing that we've come back to time and again is like, yeah, but Pacey seems to always be trying to make it better. Mm-hmm. Even if he makes a wrong choice, even if he's a total dick, and there are times when he is a total dick. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, Promicide is one of them. Yeah. But like, you know, there well, are like, times throughout the series yeah, that he's yeah. just like a complete asshole. And like... Like a lot with Audrey, too. A lot with Audrey. Yeah. But it's like one of those things where it's like... He takes a moment and processes what he's done and processes how what he's done has made someone else feel and apologizes and tries to do better. And you see him like not do the same thing again most of the time. Yeah, it's like more than an apology. He actually repents. <laughs> I don't know. And he actually like seems to make changes like, exactly. in his behavior. That's like what repentance is. Yeah. You, like apologize and then, you know do an act to make it like not happen again and so that's like to me that's the thing is that like I think I mean I think it would be a different show because I think if you had Josh Jackson doing all the things Vanderbeek did in the same ways you know like Dawson's an asshole no matter which way you slice it Mm -hmm. but so it's like it's a I think it's like a much more like cynical show Mm. Because, like, if Pacey is, like, doing that and they and they have that chemistry. I think Joshua it's, Jackson is yeah. doing that? Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. If Josh Jackson is doing that as Dawson yeah. and they have that chemistry, so you're like, oh, I get it, girl. Like, I've yeah. been down that rabbit hole. You're just like, oh, God, like, this is a bad relationship. Mm-hmm. And instead of being like, oh, just get away from him, mm-hmm. you're like, oof, I get why I you get keep it. going back. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> like, I totally you know? agree with you. Yeah. And so, and I think that, like, changes the whole meaning of the show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah. Um, okay, second question. Yeah. I've always hated the second to last Pacey Joey scene in the finale where he, quote, lets her off the hook and oh. tells her that quote the simple act of being in love with her is enough this never sat well with me 
even much less critical 14-year-old me. Pacey deserves so much more for his life and his love story than just the, quote, privilege of being one-sidedly in love with Joey while she is with, quote, Dawson, New York guy, or some guy she hasn't even met yet. It feels like the ultimate slight to Pacey in a relationship that has always been one-sided in how much he cares and looks out for Joey and her feelings versus the other way around. That his story would end up by accepting that he's not enough to just love that he's enough to just love her whether or not she loves him back. I also hated how they have this scene be cut off by Gail and Bessie. It feels like a cheap move for dramatic effect when after all these years and all this buildup, the least we deserved was a full conversation between this couple telling each other how they feel to see how they decided to ultimately be together, etc. Something we never get. <laughs> and conversations along these lines, laying it all on the table, is what makes Castaway such a phenomenal episode. I totally agree. Agreed. That's like the best part about Castaways is we actually get like a conversation yeah. between them. Um, when I saw them together in the final scene of the series, I felt so relieved they ended up together, but so cheated that we didn't get more of how, what their lives are like now, where are they living, what happened to Pacey's restaurant, etc. My question for you, how did college Julia and Aaron feel about the second to last scene and then the last Pacey and Joey scene? Did you feel differently when you watched it this time around? College and Aaron Julia were in the bag for those scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's we hard were... because I think, like, I think we talked about the whole time because they're like, she's going to decide. It felt so scary that the show was going to be like, it's Dawson. Yeah. And so the whole time you're just like, oh my God. We were terrified. You're so scared that yeah. that's what's going to happen because that's what the show had done for so long. Yep. And so in it, they were they really wrote it like and a like, lot of the times where it was going to be Dawson. And shout so out to Bitter Script Reader who reminded me on Twitter that like um, they actually like the there was an ad that aired after Jen died mm. in the commercial break that uh -huh. was like now Joey's going to choose. Oh, and it was like I mean. It's hard to state how much they were ramming that down our throats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, that was like the whole kind of point of the, the episode. And so it, it kind of sucks that it, she doesn't, we don't see her twos. We right. just see the result, you know? Um, I agree. But I felt like the whole time you're like, oh my God, it's going to be Dawson because that's what the show does of to course, us. Like, yeah. oh God. And so that scene of Pacey saying that, you're like, oh my God. Like, is it going to be Pacey? Yes. Yeah. So that's when you first like kind of feel like a ray okay, of hope. Maybe, maybe yeah. it's going to be Pacey. And so then, and then at the end when it is, it is so, it was like so it was a relief. exciting of this relief or whatever. So in that regard like I totally was like there for it but I just felt like you know you just wanted more from them like I you, yeah. I just feel like the way about the whole show like on the whole the whole series like I just I wanted more of their relationship of, of Joey and Pacey because they are so good to watch they're one of my favorite things about the show and so you know I think that's one of my biggest takeaways from this rewatch is like man how could you waste that fucking chemistry like that? Yeah. Like even in season five of like having them have to grieve the end of their relationship and have these really like hard conversations. Um, I would have loved to see that. You oh, know? totally. Because even though we see a few of that in season four and it's like so devastating. I don't know. I just like that would have just helped so many team girls feel seen. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And I think like. 
like, I don't think that analysis is wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, necessarily. Although, I, I actually really like that scene. And I think that, like, I guess what I take from it and from what Pacey says of, like, it's just enough for me to love you is, like, sometimes... I mean, like, in a relationship like that where, like, they have not been together in six years, five mm-hmm. years, maybe even longer. I mean, depending on what you're th- like counting castaways. us together. Yeah. So, like, it would have been five years. Five years. And, like, really, they haven't been in a, like, a relationship, a relationship since their senior year in high school. Yeah. So, it's like seven, seven years. years. And so, like, I think, like, him being, like, look, I just got to make myself happy. I got to be happy. Mm-hmm. And, like... I love you, but, like, also, like, that's not, as far as he knows at the moment, like, that's not where you are. And so, like, I can't, like, keep, basically, I can't keep waiting around Yeah, yeah, yeah. for this. And uh, to me, that's a really, I think that's a really great sentiment of, like, you know, sometimes you do have to, like, have that moment with yourself. I agree. No, I, I agree. And, like, I do waffle back and forth in the sense that, like, yeah, like, that's, like, another way to shit on Pacey or it's, like. He just says that. But on the other hand, I I do think it's such a mature thing to just be like, look, I love you. I'll always love you. But I'm not – I just can't do this anymore. Like, I want you to find someone who gives you the life you want. And I want that for myself, too. And um, I'm also – like, I'm telling you that. Like, I'm making a verbal agreement to you that, like, we're not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to do this with you anymore. Um, And I want you to know that. and I, I think that like that, like, I wish we could have seen Joey's thought process because I think that's what helps her decide is that like, you know, she felt like Dawson and Pacey, they just wanted to get her. Right. But not like necessarily like be, be with, with her. her. Um, and I can see why she felt that way, you know? Um, yeah. Because like that is kind of the way you would feel it like I I personally don't think Pacey felt that way but I can understand how Joey felt that way in in season four because like he totally fell apart when they were together right you know so that would be a takeaway you would have if that was your experience totally um so I don't know it's hard because on the one hand they do shit on Pacey so much but on the other hand like that's such a growth and an honest moment. And he's such an honest person with his feelings, you know? Yeah. And I think that... And that's fucking brave as hell to I say know. something like that. Yeah. Like, I totally agree. So, And I also think, like, I, I hear what you are saying about the Gail and Bessie of it all. Like, I know a lot of people have that complaint. And there's a part of me that's like, the thing... I actually think the problem is not with that scene. The problem is that they never, ever talk they never about talk anything. About it. Yeah. Like, and I so, love that part of Gail and Bessie, but then we never... Because it, it, it's, it's like, so you're like, real. I'm like, Ugh. but then we never get like the actual conversation we want. Yes, that's the problem. I, I actually don't mind the Gail and Bessie thing for dramatic effect. And I think it actually works really well where you, the audience are like, no, no. You're, like, you're like them. Yeah. It's like, we're starting to say something really yeah. real. Mm-hmm. And I also think like, I, I've been thinking about this a lot about like, when you when you know you have to have a really important conversation with someone mm-hmm. allowing it the space yeah. i think that's an old i think that's a thing you learn when you're older yeah <laughs> i think just 
just saying that like when you're in your mid 20s mm-hmm. you're like no let's have it right now yeah. on the way to this party or on the yeah. way to this thing that we at have a to funeral like, yeah as, like, like <laughs> or at like on the way to something where we're gonna have to be pulled together in like a fucking unit like let's yeah, yeah. fight in the car on the yeah, way there yeah, yeah. and I think when you're a little bit older you're like I we need to have this discussion mm-hmm. but we need to get through this thing and yeah, so yeah. we need to have it later yeah exactly and like and I think when you're older, too, it's like you can it's not necessarily like, like squelching your emotions, but it's saying to your partner or the person you need to have a conversation with. Like, it's not like I, I just like we have to, like, get through this mm-hmm. thing. So I'm not like shoving my emotions down, mm-hmm. but like we're just kind of putting a pin in them. Right, right, right. Yeah. For like two hours from now or four hours from now when we can actually talk about right. this. Right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. I agree. <laughs> so. Um, I kind of think it's fun. So thank you, Alana. Yeah. Um, this is from John. Here's a few burning questions. I'd love to hear your perspective if there's room for me. Okay. Andy McPhee. He, John's our number one Andy stan. All right, John. Um, what storylines, arcs, et cetera, would you have liked to seen from the the remainder of season four and seasons five and six in the finale. I truly feel like the show was never quite the same and miss that type of Andy energy from her de- after her departure. Hashtag justice for Andy. <laughs> Audrey Liddell. I didn't like the character originally, and now I've completely reversed that opinion as she's one of my overall favorites. What are your thoughts on her not being in the finale? Also, any thoughts on other storylines in the season five, six you would have liked to have seen for Audrey versus the one we got, Eek? Um, And then the final question, or let's do those and we'll do those. Okay, so Andy... Like, I do like the idea of her sort of, like, getting into Harvard and then... Getting messy. We talked about that in season four. Like, what if she and Drew go on a bender and, like, yeah. she has, like, a pregnancy scare? I don't know. Like, like whatever. Like, yeah. Like, let Andy McPhee be a mess. Yeah. I would have loved that. And to Me have, too. And I also think... I don't know. It's hard because... I do like Audrey, but I actually would have liked Andy and Joey as roommates and like then had, I think we could have, like they would have written that friendship because it already had a foundation, like to be real. Yeah. <laughs> um, Like they attempt it with Audrey, but like, I don't know, it, it never like pans out. It doesn't, it's just like that you were left wanting more. I, well, and I think the problem is to lead into the Audrey of it all is that like, in season six, I think season five, it's like the Pacey problem. I mean, it I, it, it is a problem. problem. I'll yeah. concede that it is a problem. But like, what if Audrey was there and it was Andy and Joey? Yeah. <laughs> it was like his two ex-girlfriends. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Amazing. But like, yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, what amazing storytelling. So yeah, totally. But, but on the other hand, what I look at is season six, they clearly don't know what to do with Audrey. Mm-hmm. And like Joey is in desperate need of, of a, a friend. friend. I know. I totally and so agree. I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? I totally agree. Like that's all the whole of season six. That's what I kept thinking of. Like Audrey, like they both desperately need a friend. Like Audrey's having this, you know, she's on this downward spiral. She needs someone to look out for her. But Joey needs a fucking friend too. And you could have done such an interesting thing with like Joey and Audrey where they're like, they're coming to each other because they're both sort of spiraling and mm-hmm. having a terrible time and they don't realize like where the other one's really at actually yeah. at. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
like Joey doesn't notice her drinking. Like you could still have that storyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Do you know what I mean? And like, and I think that like if Andy were in that season, like I would like to think that like she would like kind of take the Emma role a little Mm -hmm. bit. Like, like she would sort of be the organizer. Like maybe Jack and Andy and Pacey all moved in together or something, like which would be kind of hilarious. Yeah, Yeah. But like something like that where like, you know, Andy's like, I can't deal with the dorms anymore. Right. And I have a little bit of money, so, like, I can move out. Whereas mm-hmm. Joey, I feel like... She couldn't. She couldn't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just think that, like, the times in which we do see Andy and Joey's friendship, it's good. And, yeah. And you buy it. It's yeah. believable. They have really sim. Like, you would buy them as friends. Yeah. Like, you know, they have very similar um, just outlooks and stuff it, it almost you kind of even get why Pacey like was in love with both of them or sure you know, sure um, because they do have really similar things about them so I would have loved to have seen um yeah like for the college years to have Andy and Joey live together and then for her journey of like her whole life was just to like go to college and be good and like then kind of like, well, what is that look like? Then and now, what do I want? Once she gets it, she's like, oh, what are my goals now? You know? Yeah. And like, uh, I would, I feel like that would have been really interesting to watch. And then, you know, I, I just think she could have been a good friend to everyone. And I agree. could have connected all of the storylines for the college years together. Right. Because she would have had Jack there yeah. um, to like connect the Jen and, and yeah. Jack house or whatever. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. And then, yeah, for Audrey, it's just like, I just wish we could have seen her be a friend to Joey. And yeah. Like, and we've always said, there were no college moments. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, there are so few college moments in all of the time that they're in college. Yeah. So I would have. Yeah. Like, what if we got like Audrey and Andy like in a food fight in the dorm? You know, like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, just like. The have f- we told them all that you started <laughs> oh a food God. fight in our dorm? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Oh <laughs> yeah. Based on a true story that oh Aaron Hensley did. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I didn't start it. I just yelled food fight and then dove under the table. Oh, that's not starting it? No. No, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I see. You know, it's just like, uh, yeah, whatever. It was so funny. I know. Um, <laughs> Until we couldn't eat late night, late night dining, dining for a month and a half or whatever. Uh, you know, but we could have gotten more college moments if we had just like one Yeah, if we had more people in college. Well, and it's like, it's so weird because like that first episode of season five, you get the good college moment. They go to that party. They all go together. Audrey and Joey have that great conversation where Mm -hmm. Audrey tells her about Chris, her high school boyfriend. Yeah. And like how she had to leave him. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, they kind of like have this bonding moment. And I was like, oh my God, good. And then it's like nothing. That's it. I know. And it like, yeah, it would have been cool if we had another like if Andy was also in the dorm room with them so that we could have like both sides where like you know Audrey's there being like oh Dawson's your soulmate and Andy's like well (laughs) I don't know you know or something along those lines right um yeah and then maybe to have Andy because she had gone on a bender you know in season four like you know in our dream then to be recognizing Audrey like kind of spiraling and talking to Joey about it and Joey being like well she's fine she's fine like yeah we were drinking together like I was drinking conflict. too yeah, yeah exactly exactly I would have yeah. been um cool in season six yeah yeah 
Um, okay. And then f- also from John. Yeah. Uh, p- Post podcast era. Do you think you'll revisit the show rarely now that after the deep dive or you think you'll still revisit often? How have your overall thoughts about the series changed from before the podcast deep dive to now? We're going to miss you all. Oh, thanks, John. Um, short answer, yes. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely go back. I mean, I am i won't go back to the whole thing. No, I no, I, I don't think I'll ever do that. No. <laughs> um, season six is too painful. The end of season, I don't know. It, I'll just, it's just so disappointing we don't get storylines I want you know yeah so. and I think I, I mean I think I'll never stop watching season three no um never. and then like highlights from other places you yeah. know I, I, I'll tell you guys a lot of times particularly when I'm sick which is what started this whole thing yeah. off I'll watch like seasons one two three mm. like I'll go I'll go one two three uh-huh. um and then the first six or seven of four mm-hmm. um but after Andy leaves, like, I don't really want to watch it anymore. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then I'll do, like, you know, Appetite for Destruction, Hotel New Hampshire, Appetite for Destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, castaways. Castaways. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that even, like, in my own life during this podcast, like, I've watched episodes from season three, not even for, like, Patreon, just like, you know what? Yeah. I just need to watch uh, True Love. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just like, yeah. to me, that's like a fucking perfect episode. Yeah. Um, my only complaint is that Henry doesn't say I love you to Jen. Um, yeah. It's like literally my only complaint about that episode. Uh, otherwise, it's like a fucking perfect episode. Yeah. Um, and it, I will always feel that way, I think. Um, yeah. That it just is like a, a little safe space. So I definitely agree that I will watch season three episodes um but i don't see myself like ever watching like season six season six yeah it's season six is really the the, yeah i mean yeah and even like after andy leaves in season four like i just i don't know it gets it goes dark it's worse than season six yeah um in those episodes that was a slog that was really hard to get through I agree. And I it, like it's hard to compare because just the world is so different from from our experience in each of those um yeah se- seasons, but season 4 was so brutal to get through. I think cuz I didn't know that was going to happen. Right. It did blindside us, yeah. And season 6 we knew was bad, so I was like kind of just like, all right, yeah. we're doing this. Um I mean, it again was worse than <laughs> than I remembered or yeah. knew, but not in the same way. <laughs> truly, truly. Like, it was just bad because it was like, why are we doing Oh, Like, this, what am I what watching right now? It like, wasn't you know, like, God, this is just so, so heavy Yeah, and like and we've dark. always said, like, your senior year of high school is, like, fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, because you're doing... Even so- if you're not having a good time in life, like, it's, there's a lot of fun shit going on. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, you're still depressed and you're at a crossroads in your life and you're emotionally losing it because... Yeah. <laughs> Truly, uh, you don't know. What's yeah, your whole happen. life's about to your whole life's to, about change, to turn around. And yes. No one's really being forthcoming or straightforward about what that really means. Uh-huh. Um, you get like these really vague things of like, oh, the dorms is the best time of your life, and you're like, how could that be true? You have to wear sandals in the shower. <laughs> um, but like, okay, fair uh, point. Fair yeah, point. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know who to believe. Uh, <laughs> 
so it, it, you know, like nothing about high school is all good, but uh, you just have so much fun and you really connect with everyone. Um, yeah, I feel like you lose a lot of the like, like clickiness. Yeah, you leave like being friends with everyone or at least like connecting with everyone in a way in which that like I do feel is somewhat universal because we're like we all survived this we've trauma bonded through this and we were in the trenches together and we're gonna leave like good game good game (laughs) good game exactly exactly well put um (laughs) yeah and I guess like how are my overall thoughts about the series change I mean that is a big one like that season four is so bad or just so painful, um, you know. And I keep saying it. I, I just like. And that season five is kind of a delight. I agree. God, I'm like season five. I, I like look back on it. Like, I mean, obviously, the last like six episodes of season five or so. Yeah, I think it's only like six that are. You're like, no, thank you. Um, yeah. But like, I don't know. I. Kind but they're of, not terrible. Yeah, I mean, I think the hundredth episode's terrible. Yeah, but, true. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're but. Right. Uh, yeah, like the, I don't know, two thirds of it is fucking good. Which for yeah. Dawson's Creek, to be honest, to have two thirds of a season be good makes it one of the best seasons. I agreed. Which I'm like, how did that happen? Like what? Like how right. did that happen? Agreed. Um, so I I don't know. I kind of I was that was really surprising to me. Like how much I really liked season five. Um, so that definitely was a big change. Uh, but yeah, I, I keep saying it. I don't know. I had a, it was a tough pill to swallow Joey for so long. Yeah, that that's your biggest change. That's my biggest change, yeah. I think my biggest change is like, I don't know, maybe this isn't the answer you're looking for, but it's the one I'm going to give. <laughs> um, but like, is to be a little bit more, like embrace, I guess, a little bit more that like, this show does have a lot to offer. Hmm. And, like, that actually, like, it has been kind of criminally overlooked in Mm. some ways. Mm. You know, I think when we think about, like, because it's, like, right at the precipice of the golden age of television, Mm -hmm. right? Like, it kind of comes on the scene as The Sopranos is starting. Yeah. As The Wire is, you know, in its swing. Six Feet Under is about to start. Like, it's, like... Sex in the City, you know, it's, I mean, we've talked about that, like, you feel when Sex in the City hits the zeitgeist mm-hmm. in Dawson's Creek, yeah. you feel in how they write it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think that, like, it, it often doesn't get lumped into that discussion. And, and I, not that I think that it necessarily should, but that it should be there somewhere about, like, this is a show that really did move a lot of narrative forward and was doing things that were like, that was like way ahead of its time, particularly mm-hmm. on network television. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's doing things on network television that I think people are still clamoring for today and not getting, Yeah, I you agree. know, particularly with the character of Jack. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, you heard us talking this whole time about the character of Jack and how much it, we feel like it hasn't aged all that well, and that's actually a good thing. Yeah. And yet still, I think if you look at a lot of network television, I-, I would kill for someone like Jack. I totally agree. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so it's like, it's a mixed bag in that way. And I think that like, I don't know. I, I feel like I have 
not that I didn't, I feel like this show, I mean, I don't believe in guilty pleasures, but I feel like if anything came close to something like a guilty pleasure for me, it was this mm-hmm. where like, particularly cause I work in a snobby industry that's like, you know, up until very recently looked down on people for liking <laughs> storytelling like this. Yeah. Like, um, I think that like, it was something that it was like, I wasn't going to share it freely that like I know a lot about this and right. I think that it's my sort of relationship to it in that way has changed significantly. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um so thank you John. Yeah. Um this one's from Rushi, her friend. Um yeah. what's up girl? What's up? Uh okay. Pacey and Joey's and I love you's. Something I've noticed on my rewatches is that until the series finale, they never both say I love you in the same scene and moment. Mm. They say it in different times and in different ways to each other, but it's never immediately reciprocated in the dialogue until the end. In true love, Joey is the only one to say I love you. In Mm -hmm. 402, Pacey says you love me. In Tay of Pacey, Joey Mouse, I love you when they are singing happy birthday. And Pacey says something like, when you love so much as I love you in a winter's tale. Mm. Unlike Dawson and Joey, who said I love you when they broke up in season two, et cetera. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Do you think it was a choice? In shows like these, the back and forth I love you is, is usually standard. In a lot of ways, I've always loved that PC and Joey's love was one that didn't need constant reassurance. And maybe that's why in true love, when she says, I know I'm in love with you, etc., you never need him to say it back because everyone already knew it already. Mm-hmm. Um, sometime, something that, again, sets this love story apart from Dawson and Joey's. I think... Well, I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think I have a slight bone to pick with the idea that in shows like this, a lot of times we do get a reciprocated I love you. Mm-hmm. Because my first thought when you were reading this was that, like, I, as someone who lurks in some fandoms, I don't really, like, contribute necessarily, but I lurk around on them on the internet. Uh-huh. Like, this is a complaint that a lot of people have in a lot of different fandoms. That, that they like, say I love you too much? No, that they don't say it enough. Yeah. Or that, like, there's, like, someone... Or they haven't said it to each other in the same scene. Yeah. Like, someone says I love you and they don't... They often aren't reciprocated. So... I mean, like I said previously in this, you know, a previous question, my only complaint about true love is that Henry doesn't say it back. Right. And I think like, I actually was listening to Rob Thomas talk about Veronica Mars once. Mm. And he was like talking about Logan and Veronica and like that. And he was saying like Jason Doring who played Logan and him agree. They hate it when people say, I love you on screen Mm. in television. Yeah. Like they both hate it. So he, Rob Thomas was like, I almost never write it. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's really fucking interesting. Um, and so like, so I, I would be interested to hear, um, I mean, since she's our friend, she can tell me like via text message or offline, but like about like what, um, you know, what shows do that. Cause like, right. that's interesting to me. Cause I, I guess I, I'm just used to hearing it a different way. Mm-hmm. However, however, mm-hmm. I will say that I do think it's interesting that they don't say it back and forth. I think that like, I do think that like there was this way in which like 
being sappy Mm. was like this like third rail that you didn't touch. And so like trying to like have people be in love and not be sappy was like a real thing we were aiming for Mm -hmm. rather than embracing that. Like people are in love who are in love with each other are sometimes fucking sappy. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's maybe it. For me, what it is yeah. about Pacey and Joey is that it's just, they do, they show us, they don't tell us. Right. You believe that they're in love. Yes. And you know it, like, it's just like he's watching her sleep and you're like, oh my God, he loves her. Yes, like, yes. What? <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? And so. Well, he's watching her sleep after a day in which he fixed the heating. He made sure this guy came. Mm-hmm. He like. After a day in which he, like, spent all no, exactly. his time. That's what I yeah. mean. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. You, they showed us. Right, right, right. They didn't tell, they didn't have to tell us. They yeah. just showed us. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, what the fuck? And so, and, and, you know, additionally, like, when she's like, I think I'm in love with you. And then, he, you know, you see, like, that half smile. Yeah, and he's and like, then, you think or you know. Yeah. yeah. And, he's like, <laughs> and he, like, smiles and he's like, okay, what you think or you know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so you, in that moment know that like I don't know you again they're showing us the story um for for PC and Joey and and I don't think it's like the I don't think it's the lack of love like saying I love you that matters it's just because you see it on screen I think what makes it more noticeable that maybe Dawson and Joey say it back to each other is because the whole show you know they don't show it they don't show it yeah they just tell us over and over and like, you know, and then that's why it gets so fucked up at the end because you're like, did they even love, like, uh, yes, they loved each other in this way that isn't romantic and it's totally different and it is special, but it's not special in the way they're saying. And you're just like this, like, why are you acting like this was a yeah. love story? I feel I like know. I'm being gaslit. Yeah. yeah. So, um, like I, it's, so in terms of like the, the Dawson and Joey, I just feel like it, it was one of those things where it's like, well, they had to do it because they wanted Dawson to be this quote unquote romantic, even though we're like, oh, he he just wasn't, you know. And it, yeah. And it, it's just more of a romantic in that like filmmaker way of like, I don't even know what we're supposed to, why are we supposed to think he's a romantic? I, other than he, he professes to be one. <laughs> right. um, so again, it's like they tell us, they don't show yeah, us. Yeah, what does he do that's romantic almost ever? Ever, yeah. yeah. Like not even to Jen or... or um, Natasha or Gretchen right. do we see like um romance I, I don't think um yeah so to me that's the beauty of of Pacey and Joey is just like there's all these little moments that you're like oh my god <laughs> I mean yeah I don't disagree with you but I also think I mean now that I'm thinking about it I think like more of people telling each other they love you 2022 I agree. Because, like, I think having that modeled for us and having, like, I mean, I think that people who write television need to understand that, like, you know, people, I mean, not to be cliche about it, but representation matters and people seeing seeing something happen on on a TV. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't even feel like we get in the show of Dawson the Creek. And again, I complain about all these things a lot, but like, 
how hard it is even to tell someone you love them for the first time. Yeah. Like I remember having those like conversations with your friends where you're like, I don't know, I think I love him and I don't know if I should say it and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And you're just so scared. You yep. Don't know what's going to happen and like what it will feel like and what it'll mean. And, and if, if they're going to say it back, it back and, is yeah. going to change our relationship? So many things, like so many feelings you have about like just saying, I love you. Yeah. And we don't see that on the show. So I, I would have loved to have seen that. Um, yeah. More that like scared, like just those little moments. I agree. And not just that, but also like this like affirmation. I mean, like, I, I mean, I think there's also a way in which like, I'm really disappointed that Dawson and Jen, when they were dating, mm-hmm. didn't say I love you to each other. I agree. More. And we complained about that. We did. But like, you know, they it's, don't it's, even like, say it to each other. They don't say it to each yeah. other. And, and so, you know, I think there's like this way that like, and, and again, I don't know, Rushi, maybe, maybe TV writing maybe has changed since 2003, mm-hmm. but like, I think that there was this fear that it was boring for characters to do that. And I think there might still be a fear that it's boring for characters to do it all the time. But also I think that like, I'm not sure that I agree with that. Yeah, I know. It's boring to just tell us that like, you have to do both. You have to tell us and show us. I don't know. I kind of feel like like that's what the one thing that's missing is that they would Dawson and Joey, they just tell us like, Oh, they're, they're in love. And you're like, I guess. And then we know, we never like believe it. And then with um Pace, or with Dawson and Jen, you're like, oh, they're definitely in love. I can see that. But then they never tell us that. Well, and like think of what a great like pu- pu- punch it would pack. I don't know why that would that was hard <laughs> to get out. Um, but like at the what's the episode late where Joey Yeah where at the end she and Pacey have that phone call. Yeah. Like if they had said, I love you to each other, but it was like so broken and Ugh. heartbroken. Like that would have like been like I a know. fucking knife in the heart. Cause Ugh. you know, they're like they break up not connecting. I know. And, but you know, they're not connected and they're, you know, God, that, that they both feel it. So much. And if they said, okay, like I'll see you when you get yeah, home. I love you. Joey was like, well, I love you. Like kind of, trying to grasp for him and Pacey's like yeah Yeah, I love you too and like you can feel it oh Uh, god you're right so I think that there's that too I think there's like a fundamental misunderstanding that like actually you can use those kinds of lines to really convey a lot Mm -hmm. and also I mean one more point and then I'll be done I promise but like that like real couples say it to each other yeah like kind of a lot yeah like when they're leaving the house or when you're hanging up a phone or when you're like yeah. leaving each other's presence, mm-hmm. like, you know, it, there is like a way in which you're like, okay, I love you, babe. I'll see you later. Yeah. You know? And it's like, to me that An like makes it more, but then to me that makes it more realistic. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, you know, it's a television show. It doesn't, it's not, doesn't have to be reality, but at the same time, like to make those characters feel lived in and whatever, like, mm-hmm. you know, you, I, I think the best, some of the best relationships on TV, it's like you watch them sort of settle into these, they're not even really milestones, but like saying, I love you, mm-hmm. starting to use pet names, calling people babe or calling yeah. people, you know, sweetie or honey or whatever. And like, you know, and doing that, like saying I love you when you yeah. leave or whatever. 
like to me that's like that makes those characters and those storylines feel lived in mm-hmm. um in a really specific way and so i guess like my, my thing is like yeah i mean i think it's an oversight to not do it definitely yeah i definitely agree fact that literally no one says it to Jen is like one of the biggest oversights. Yeah, Jack Jack is the only person that says it yeah. to Jen ever. Really. Yeah. yeah. Um thank you, Rushy. Yeah, thanks, Rushy. This is from Sarah. Um okay, first in high school, Dawson's Creek was my favorite show, followed by Roswell. Okay. Joey was my favorite character and Pacey was my dream. One afternoon I was watching Dawson's Creek in my living room when my mom came in saw my younger brother in the room and cried, Brian, get out. I can't save your sister, but I can still save you. Obviously, my mom found Dawson's Creek so scandalous. She carries a lot of Midwest baggage, and I rolled my eyes at her while, of course, internalizing the shame. During COVID, I started listening to your podcast for some insight into how Dawson's Creek might have affected my worldview. I found your criticisms of how the show treated women to be very illuminating. I don't think I would recommend it to young women today, not because I thought my mom was right, but because while it was progressive in many ways, it still puts a lot of shame on young women. Mm. Do you all recommend it to young women? Maybe I would, but only if they listen to your podcast for contact. <laughs> That's the first one. Okay. Would I recommend? I mean, like, yes. I I say yes because I just think that the Pacey and Joey storyline changes everyone's life, and I want everyone to have that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's succinctly put and well yeah. well put. I think that I guess what I would say is, I think young women today are so much smarter than I was as a teenager, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I think they do see a lot. I mean, if if <laughs> If the internet, if Tumblr and and Twitter and the internet are anything to go by, um, young women today see through a lot of the fucking bullshit that they put on these uh, characters. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not everyone. And and do I think parts of it are very problematic? Yes. But but I absolutely would recommend it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, especially since now we have more of the language to understand what's happening. Yes. Like, particularly the gen. Yes. Um, like just even the phrase slut shame like didn't exist when I yeah in that time yeah you know and now we can like we literally understand what's happening in a way that is like just very clear there is no question about it what's going on yeah um so yeah okay the second one I listened to a few other tv review podcasts after starting your show Doing this made me appreciate your show even more. I think you all showcase how criticism can be done lovingly and with respect. Other podcasts do a good job of making fun of shows and tearing them apart to point where I can't watch the shows anymore. You can point out the flaws without ruining what I love. Did you all discuss this balance or did it happen because you actually do love the show? We discussed nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I know. We had no idea what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. I like I've said before, Julia's like, let's do a Dawson's Creek rewatch podcast. And I was like, I don't like know what you're saying to me right now. I I understand each word individually being not together. But uh, (laughs) what um, are you talking about? And you sent me. Boiler room. Boiler room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is a. my so-called life. Mike's, and it was it one of the girls from buff- Buffering. Buffering, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you sent me that one, and I was like, okay, I guess you just 
do a play-by-play of the episode, yeah. okay? Um, and so, yeah, but we didn't really, like, discuss it more than that. I think that, like, I did write, like, a full style guide for us. Um <laughs> I am who I am. Oh, my God. Um, And, like, kind of really, like, put some guardrails for, like, you know, different things about how we would approach um, the audience and the way we would use language and Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I did edit it with each season until um, after season four. And I was like, whatever. Like, the college years are so weird. And And we we know. Now we we know what we're doing. doing. Um, So... I guess in that way, it didn't feel like we were discussing what would happen with the show by like laying out a style guide, but, um, I guess maybe it did in some ways. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, like we do really love this show. And I think that that's what like comes across to anyone who listens is that like, yeah, that there's like a deep love and connection to this show and to this, this work of art and that, um, you can hold both of those things at once, that things can be flawed like us, like humans, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. and you can still love it, you know, and I, I just think that is also like one of the, the points of the show is that like all of these flawed kids are like worthy of love and deserving of love. And, you know, that was like, you know, it, it, I always felt like that was how the show, one of the initial themes of it <laughs> and was sort of revolutionary mm-hmm. you know yeah I, I also would say that like I think not only do we love this show um deeply and and you know obviously you've heard now all the stories it it, it does mean something near and dear to us particularly for our friendship you know it's it is a part of it and was a part of the beginning of it particularly um and so I think that like I think that it's not just that we love the show. It's also that we do take it seriously Mm -hmm. and that we do actually appreciate that. Like, even if they failed at telling certain stories that they fucking tried. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think that Mm -hmm. like, you know, I think that that's where, I think that's where the idea sort of sparked from, um, of even doing this podcast. But I also think that like, that is, I, I mean, I guess if there's any lesson that I hope people take away It's that, you know, like, okay, so like certain storylines don't work at all, Mm -hmm. but they fucking tried them. Yeah. You know, like even the like Andy mental health storyline, I think parts of it work so well. And Mm -hmm. I think parts of it feel so dated. The Jack Mm storylines, some of them work so well and some of them feel so dated. Even Eve, like there are parts of it where like, again, we're like, we can't have Dawson's Creek without the boat BJ like full stop but (laughs) you know having Dawson be like kind of distracted by sex is an interesting turn for him to make as the character we've known from first and second season it is obviously executed really horribly and (laughs) super wild and the show's like nah we're done we're just gonna (laughs) we're gonna acknowledge that happened several times later but we're also gonna act like it didn't yeah 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 yeah. Um, which like you know is also fine too Uh, and you're still gonna be like was that real did that (laughs) really did I lose Real? That? Yeah, was exactly. that like a, f- a fever dream? Yeah. Um, Were we just on mushrooms when that was happening? Exactly. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I just feel like there are times when, 
you're just like, this is a mess, but I love this part, you know? And I think that that's like, I guess for us, not to speak for you, but I think for us as people who enjoy art of all kinds, Mm -hmm. um, and I think like, I think that's one of the things you and I really do bond over Yeah, is, you know, we can go to museums together Mm -hmm. and have, and have been to many and discuss what we're looking at. We can listen to music together and discuss what we're listening to. Mm -hmm. We can watch movies or go and watch TV together. And, and you and I have a long story history in our friendship of consuming art and entertainment that people devalue greatly and and finding great joy in it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of it too, is that like, you know, I mean, we've talked, we've talked about it on this podcast a couple of times that like one of our grand traditions is like going to see Nicholas Sparks movies and getting shit faced. And like, (laughs) I have definitely opened a beer when someone is telling another character they have cancer. (laughs) doesn't really narrow down which Nicholas Sparks movie that is. I feel, yeah. It was one of at least seven. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but like, I think that there's like, I think that as two, particularly as two women, Mm -hmm. having these moments where we acknowledge that we find joy in this Mm -hmm. and that we follow that joy and I, I think that's like a big thing. Yeah. And definitely. I think that maybe I didn't really realize it. Uh-huh. Maybe until recently mm. that that's what we were doing. We mm. were just enjoying each other and enjoying like whatever yeah. we were doing. But that like it doesn't have to be, you know, I, I keep like going back to the a number of years ago, pre-pandemic. Um, you know, we, we went up to San Francisco and went with my mom, um, mm-hmm. to the de Young to see the, um, Keith Haring. Keith Haring exhibit. And so like you and I can go sit in an art museum and look at works of art that mm-hmm. are important in this world. And, and, you know, that meant something and that like changed how people see themselves and each other and, mm-hmm. and how people related to this world. And, and we can go do that. And also we can sit and watch Dawson's Creek and mm-hmm. have fun. Yeah. And also we can sit in a movie theater and watch Nicholas Sparks and have fun mm-hmm. and see Sandra Bullock's possibly worst movie. I hate to admit it. All, all about, about Steve, Steve at a yeah. midnight movie and have a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, and those things can there all coexist. There is one moment in All About Steve that like buckled me over and I was like sobbing. I know. <laughs> so... But it is definitely her worst movie. It is her worst movie. But like, you know, but that the fact that you and I can have a conversation about what Sandra Bullock's worst movie is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and best. And we have had that conversation. God, what is her best? I mean, I have an answer. What's yours? 28 Days. Oh, really? I love that movie. Oh, I think really? it's fucking great. Oh, wow. I don't really. Like- I mean, Speed is a fucking classic. Yeah, that is a good one. Yeah. Um, God, she's so good in so many things. I know. She, yeah. uh, just an absolute gem of an actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that we can do that. And I think, like, finding value in that and finding joy in each other and in each other's opinions about that, I think that's mm-hmm. part of it, too. Mm, yeah, yeah, totally. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I've always been a brat where I'm like, I like what I like and I don't give a fuck what you think. <laughs> um, but I get that because what, what Sarah said, like m- – you know, I had people, I mean, I've said that I used to kind of hide that I watched this mm. in particularly in high school. 
And also, like, there were other things that I didn't really announce that I watched. Right. You know what I mean? Or that I liked. Or, like, when Britney Spears, I mean, my big one is when Britney Spears first came on the scene and I loved Britney Spears mm. and I, like, absolutely refused to admit it for, like, two years mm. that I actually was a huge Britney Spears fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And all my friends were, like, shocked when I came out with that. <laughs> I know. It's just weird because I know you were like, a lot of my friends were shocked that I was doing a Dawson's Creek podcast. Well, like, in my feeling of me being like, I'm doing this podcast about Dawson's Creek, everyone's like, Aaron's wild. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Like, you know, so like, I I don't know. Um, Yeah. I just felt like that wasn't. But anyways, yeah. Um, But yeah. Okay. And then finally, um, from Sarah. Yeah. I would love to hear you all discuss how your book would be different now after this rewatch. I'm guessing some stuff would be the same and a few opinions would have shifted. Yes. I think it would be different. I mean, I think in a way it would be different and in a way it probably wouldn't be that different. Um, Cause I think that like, you wrote the essay about season three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that one doesn't change. Yeah. And I think then we went through and sort of like took quotes and sort of made our argument about how this show was a show about a bunch of outcasts and a cis straight white yeah. man. And the cis straight white man was supposed to be the star and he the really star wasn't. and he really mm-hmm. everyone else was the star. Yeah. Which was kind of like the thesis of, of the book. The book. Yeah. And I think that that's still my thesis about Dawson's yeah, Creek. It's, it's interesting because there were moments like in season five when I was like, oh, like, was I too harsh on Dawson in the book? Like. You know, because I did that whole chapter on like (laughs) incomplete list of every time Dawson talks about his intentions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of rail on him. I mean, obviously, I rail on him throughout the whole book, but there were moments where I was like, oh, was I too hard on him? Because I, in season five, I I just like, I did have space for him. But the show just will always circle back to like these really fucked up things. And even in the finale, he's like, I forgot Jen had a kid. And I'm like, you're fucking dead to me i'm sorry like i just like i cannot understand what's happening you died again to me yeah Yeah. like i don't know um and like even though like teen me he was dead to me season two two episode two i like i was more i did under a lot of people were like what can't you forgive that like when when we did that episode when he reads joey's Uh diary uh and i was like i can i see the argument like maybe i was too hard on him but like he's still like he dies to you like at some point, like, I don't know. It's like, there's well, some point where if it's I forgave too much. him then, like I wouldn't. I, Show me love is really hard to come back from his birthday his in birthday. season two. Yeah. I don't know. Like, cause I was no like, no apologies. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, well maybe I was too harsh on him. Like I remember yeah. thinking that when we were doing those episodes in, in season two, being like, okay, maybe I was too harsh on him and I should give him like, <laughs> he's a teen like okay like whatever and then like yeah <laughs> that birthday episode, that comes, birthday episode like, comes and Whoa. you're like he's a fucking asshole like yeah. i don't know um so and then show me love comes around and you're like whoa oh my god yeah whoa so it's hard so that was only time there were moments in season five where i was like oh was i too hard on him would i have done it differently yeah um so yeah i think in terms of the book the only thing that would be different now is that like 
I think we would have had a better understanding of what writing a how to write a book. <laughs> yes. You yes. know what I mean? Once you've done it. Yeah. Yeah. And like also like we've taken more notes on the show and we've like developed our style a little bit more about yeah. writing about the show. Yeah. So in terms of that, I just think that like that would be the only thing that would have changed is that like maybe it would have it that would have element would have changed in the sense that I think we would have been it would have just been better written I guess I don't know and that makes sense yeah and I mean I remember like us going through a pretty significant editorial process Mm -hmm. where we lost you know it was like we overwrote the book which I if you're a writer always overwrite yeah 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 um it's so much easier to take away than it is to add um so you know I remember having these like conversations and then like having to go back. I mean, I, I had watched through all of the Mm -hmm. seasons like kind of quickly and not like paying super close attention just to make sure that we were, we had things in the right context. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember one quote, particularly from season five. I don't remember which one it was, but I remember having to lose it because I was like, as much as we think that this quote proves our point, if you actually look at it in the context of the scene, it proves the opposite. Or I think we had, I don't know, maybe it's still in there, but one, or maybe we put in a different like part, but when Joey's like, you're, I'm not responsible for your virginity yeah. or something like that. But like, she's saying it like kind of fucked up. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a true so- sentiment, but we were like, oh, I don't know. Um, yeah. And I, I also in the editorial process, I remember being like, you saying like, well, we, we need to have Emma in there. And I was like, okay, like, I guess, but I don't know, maybe I wouldn't have <laughs> after the yeah, maybe. watching, I'm not sure, but, um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think that, like, we know how to collaborate better and we have our voices better. Right, we have two more years of experience Yeah, now. so I think that that would have been the only thing that would be different from yeah. the book. But I The I thesis know. would be the same. Yeah, and my opinions, honestly, are still the same. Like, I just walk away from this show being like, Dawson fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. And... Jen's a queen. Yeah. And yeah. the patriarchy killed her. And the patriarchy killed her. And the Pacey Joey love story, like, is so is a truly good. tremendous piece of television. Yes. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. So yeah. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah. Okay. This is from Eric. Mm. I always wondered if Dawson ever found romantic love after the series finale. I really wanted him to end up with Jen, but which sadly didn't happen. Dawson in the final scenes of the series finale truly did seem at peace with everything. I want to believe he stayed that way and that Jen's death truly did have an effect on him. I know it's hard to believe for some of us after seeing him for six seasons, but for the sake of Jen, I do try my best too because of it's what she wanted, the mm. three of them to remain friends. My personal opinion is I think he did find love later in life after the creek ended and probably with someone within the Hollywood business. Who knows? Maybe he and everyone's favorite wild woman of Dawson's Creek, Natasha, found each other again. <laughs> oh, your mouth to God's ears. Yeah. They definitely, like, hooked up again. Oh. So they crossed paths and, like... They were fuck buddies. Fucked at another point. Yeah, they were definitely sure. fuck buddies. I mean, definitely she was, like, a number that he could call on his phone if he, like, needed or she, to get Or vice some. versa. And vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess my thing is, like... 
I think Dawson, judging by where he's at at the end of the finale, I think he probably did have romantic love. I'm not sure how fulfilling it was. Mm. I don't know that Dawson is really able to have fulfilling relationships. Um, It doesn't seem like he's there and it doesn't seem like he's willing to work on it. Um, And so, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I mean, I just think he's so young and I think everyone grows and changes. So. But if he's the a showrunner on a show at age 25 and he's, like, having surrounded by yes people and, mm-hmm. like, whatever. I mean, you've seen what that does to I a person. Know, like, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, I'm sure he did find romantic love. I bet he got married probably a few times. Yeah. Had a couple of kids, maybe with a few different people. Yeah. Which, like, no judgment on any of that. But that, like... I, I think that he probably has a really hard time maintaining relationships because he does not seem to have gotten past any of his selfishness or worked on himself literally at all. Yeah, I agree with you. So I definitely agree. And with that you. and that is a recipe for failed relationship after failed relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I do think that he made his peace and with Joey. With Joey and Pacey yeah, I agree. together. Yeah. And is committed to being friends with him because he is good at being a long distance friend. Like yeah. he can't he is good at like just jumping back in like nothing's changed. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, um in, in a lot of ways because that's like the relationship he had with Joey like nearly the whole oh, show. Oh, he's going to kill it at the like Instagram slash text message friendship. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that's Dawson is, like, that is his wheelhouse. Like, he's going to see Instagram of Pacey and Joey. He's going to follow them on Instagram. He's going to follow Joey. Let's be honest about Pacey. Would never. Um, No, I think he would. Have an Instagram? Oh, Pacey. Oh, not have an Instagram. I thought you meant he wouldn't follow him. Oh, no, no, no. I think he wouldn't have an Instagram. Pacey. So, Joey's Instagram, he sees pictures of them, of possibly their kids, if that's their trajectory, you know, and like, and is like, oh, that's so nice. And then texts them sometimes to say, like, oh, Pace, I like saw this thing, or I like it, it reminded me of you, or, you know, oh, Mm -hmm. Joey, like, you know yeah he's like sending pacey memes and then joey just being like oh hey, what's up? yeah you look pretty in that dress you know yeah totally like, and like and like sends their if they have kids sends their kids things yeah. on their birthday totally. his his secretary yeah. his assistant sends their kids things on their birthday and maybe he picks them out and then if he's home for christmas and they're in cape side for christmas they'll then see, they, like, each see each other they go to a bar yeah exactly so yeah yeah, totally. That's that's how it works. And I think, you know, there's no judgment about that. But like and I think those friends are important to have that tier of friendship mm-hmm. is really important to have. Um, but I think that Dawson, I think that by the end of the series where I come down on Dawson is he is absolutely dead to me. He never fucking works on himself. Mm-hmm. He never fucking tries to make himself better. He never tries to like. He never tries to understand Joey to understand Pacey understand himself like I don't know it's just like even in the end he's like you were the best thing about me and you're just like that is so fucking bleak that's like, sad yeah it's so sad I yeah don't know. yeah and and so you know as much as we have tried and tried and tried to give Dawson space like the where I come down on Dawson at the end of it is he kind of fucking sucks yeah he does yeah so yeah so there you go um i hope that answered the question (laughs) Uh, thank you eric yeah thanks eric um this is from joy 
Um, okay, so in the finale, there's a week before there's a week before the season finale of Dawson's Creek show starts shooting. And it, then at the end, Joey and Pacey are watching the finale at her place. How much time has passed for that to happen? Does that mean Pacey moved to New York to be with Joey? Because as much as I love them being together, what does that does that mean he left the ice house? It would take like six months. Well, between between when Dawson is writing the finale and when it actually airs, it's probably about six weeks, eight weeks. Okay. It's not it's not that long. Yeah. Um I would I guess my headcanon about it is that <laughs> and maybe it's because Sweet Home Alabama came out at a similar time mm. as this, like right before this this aired. But I always thought about it like that, where like I don't know if you remember the end of that movie where like he then is like making his glass in Alabama and New York. Yeah, yeah. Like they kind of go back and forth yeah. between the two. And I guess I always thought about that as like Pacey probably goes back and forth now mm-hmm. a bit more between New York and Cape Side. And like maybe has a bit more of a uh, okay maybe i'll open a restaurant in new york or maybe i'll you know do something like that um and maybe takes a little bit more time away from i guess yeah to me what i always thought was like in the finale he talks like he laments that he never got out yeah so part of his goal is to get out so yeah i do think he moved to new york and you know passed off duties of the ice house um to you know someone else that that was there and was pursuing another option in in new york um that doesn't mean he still doesn't own it but yeah yeah exactly but i i i just i feel like that was one of the like he gets not only does he get his happy ending with Joey, but he also gets to get out of Cape side, which was like what he really yeah, wanted. Cool. So that was like another part of this like happy ending for mm-hmm. him. And it wasn't just his happy, like it wasn't so bleak that his happy ending is getting Joey. It was like, right. he also gets out of Cape side. Right. At least that's how I always read it. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good reading. Yeah. Um, but I just don't think you could like wrap up and sell a business in like six weeks. Yeah. Eight weeks. Eight yeah. weeks. I don't even think you could sell a restaurant in six months. Right. Um, especially a new one that wouldn't have like financials and stuff. Yeah. To, yeah. Like, um, say how much it was worth. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Joy. Yeah. Uh, this is from Heather. Mm. My question is probably not very unique, but I'm going to ask anyways. In this era of reboots and revivals, our Creek actors have said in interviews that they are not interested in doing anything of the sorts for our beloved team drama. Personally, I am more than okay with this decision as we have seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of rebooting characters we love. My question is, if a reboot of Dawson's Creek were to occur, where would you like to see our characters today and what would they be doing? That's a good question. I mean, I would love, I mean, I think it. you could kind of set it just about anywhere. Mm. I mean, I think that like, as we just rewatched the pilot for Patreon. Yeah. And I think like one of the things about that is that like, it's so beautiful. I know. And so I do think like, could you had to set it in a beautiful place? Yeah. Like... Yeah, for me, I just think it would make sense to do it in Cape Side because, like, yeah, 
that is a character of the show and something that the show really loses in the college years. Um, I just think it would have been, it would, it would make sense to do a reboot and like have um, Dawson, you know, move into Gail's like, like kind of wash out. Like I've always said, and maybe it's fucked up and because I don't like Dawson, but he has like a kind of me too scandal and has to like go home. Right. Um, and either live with his mom or like inherits this house. Yeah. And then he finds out that like Jack and Doug, Doug. have bought Graham's house because that's the only place like Jack ever felt at home. Right. And then they like kind of end up in this like odd couple situation where they're you know um Dawson's like friends with Jack again and like kind of navigating um this situation that happened to him that was fucked up and having to hold take accountability and like since he never learns how to apologize and not knowing (laughs) how to do it or like how to fix this um this drama that happens. And I also just think now if we did a reboot, it would be compelling to watch um, Jack have to navigate like either having an ex-husband or a husband that is like the police and part of like right. the problem and kind of like a grappling with that would be really compelling, especially if they had adopted more kids, what that would be like to have to yeah. navigate that kind of situation. Um yeah, so that's where I could have seen that going. I, yeah, I think Andy's, like, probably, you know, living her best life somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I could also see, like, you know, I think my favorite reboots are the ones where they kind of take the ideas and, like, do something a little, like, turn it on its head. Mm. So, like, one day at a time where, like, it's a Cuban American family mm-hmm. and you know, it's, there's kind of the same apartment setup, but that's like where yeah. it ends. Yeah. Um, and then like also, um, Oh God, party of five reboot. I thought was uh, really fascinating where it was like, I think they were Mexican American family, but the parents hadn't died in a car crash. They had been deported. Right. And so, like, it was this family that had to, like, kind of deal with that. Mm -hmm. And, like, to me, that's, like, okay, take that. Mm -hmm. Like, take the idea of Dawson's Creek. Yeah. And update it. Right. You know, and put it somewhere. I mean, you could put it somewhere comparably pretty. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, like, you know, show. I I mean, I, I think I said this. I can't remember when I said this. I said it at some point in my life that like teenage, maybe last week, teenagers are teenagers, Mm -hmm. you know, like, yes, the specifics of being a teenager right now include social media, include FOMO, include, you know, like having phones and whatever, but like, it's the fucking same shit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so like, I think that, Nobody knows what the fuck they're doing when they're a teenager. And I think that is like what creates the entertainment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like people trying to figure their shit out is always something that I want to watch. Yeah. I know people have always said like, oh, well, they could do it with Lily and Alexander. But I just like I just find Dawson and Joey to be so boring. And then like kind of drawing the parallel of of Dawson and Joey through their sibling slash nephew would just be like. I was always like, nah, I don't need to see that. I would have loved to actually see um, Jack and Doug's 
story of raising their kid. And one day at a time, like the thing that I love about that is like, it's, it has a Schneider character, which is like from one, the original one day at a time from the seventies. And it's like, it's got a similar family dynamic, right? The Mm -hmm. mother is divorced. She's got kids and then her mother lives with them. And then like, you know, they use, um, Oh God, what's her name? Oh, Oh, um, oh God, Mackenzie, whoever she was in the original one day oh, at a time. Um, Phillips, Mackenzie Phillips. Thank you so much. I was going to say her mom is in the mom's the office. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mackenzie Phillips, her like dad raped her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's had a fucking life. Um, but like they use her in the show, but not playing the same character she was playing. She's mm-hmm. in a totally different role, mm-hmm. but she's there. Yeah. It's like you can stunt cast in that way that I think actually is like really fun. Those ones just feel weird to me. It's like, well, that's just a different show. It is. But like, I guess that's my thing is that like, I don't need these characters back in a certain way. But like, if I I mean, I guess like when we watched that 90210 reboot that they did. Yeah. And like having Jenny Garth and having sometimes them show up was like fun, but also like. Did we need that? Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't this just be a high school show? I remember us talking about that at the time of like. It's fine if it's just a high school show that's about rich kids and takes place in Beverly Hills. It's yeah, I definitely felt... Well, I guess that one made sense to me because it was like, all right, they already have the parameters of it. And like 90210 did have a revolving cast. So it yeah, was yeah. like, to me, that kind of made sense. And they, they do use like one of the, the characters from the original show as like the, the, the lead. Yeah. Um, But so that, that kind of made sense that it was like more in the world and that show had already had a revolving door, but like Dawson's Creek didn't really have like an ever growing character, you know, thing. Right. The the core four never left. Yeah. And, and it's just like, yeah, maybe they were going to do a spinoff with Harley, but no one wanted to fucking watch that. Like I wouldn't have watched that. Like or real Krudsky. Oh my God. (laughs) I know. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess, but to me, yeah, the the compelling the stories left to tell would be Jack and Doug, um, and yeah, Dawson having like a reckoning if they needed to still have it be Dawson's Creek. Sure, I think that Joey and Pacey's story is there. There's really nothing left to tell that would we'd want to watch. I don't know. Like it, it already ended perfectly. Can't we just have that? Like, I don't know. Can't we just have that? They got a happy ending and like move on. I just wouldn't trust that it would be a story I'd want to see. So right. I just love, I want to end it there. Um, I love Andy and love to see her more, but I also just, you know, the story's done there. And same with Audrey. We're like, we didn't really know you well enough to know more about you. Right. Right. So as a result to me, that just leaves, um, you know, Dawson having to actually grow up and deal with be- having consequences. And I think, yeah, having Jack navigate being a parent, you know, would be interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so thank you, Heather. Yep. Thanks. Okay. This is from Rose. Okay. I think you were right that there's so much missed opportunity in the college years. Navigating friendships with your high school friends while you are on different coasts, meeting new people, living away from home and in a dorm, dealing with family back home. None of that was really explored, except for with Jack's fraternity storyline. Do we think that the show felt like it had to stay in its lane and be about a group of friends so that they didn't shift too much to being about college? 
I mean, no, because they'd never had yeah, all the friends. Yeah, group of friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just think that, like, I wonder, I do wonder what was going on that they kind of whiffed at college so spectacularly. Mm-hmm. Because I guess, I mean, you know, to be fair to writers, we were in college when we were watching the college years. Mm-hmm. But looking at it now, knowing what we know about college and our college experience, I think that there's like a lot that can be done. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, I understand that shows that it's a thing that shows all have difficulty transitioning to college. Right. And I think that it's like the dynamic changes. Right. And there's a part of me that's like, I've never run a television show, so I don't know. And I've never had to like put week to week an episode out and, you know, make it fresh and exciting for people week to week for season after season. I, I, it's hard for me to like be like, oh, the writers, you know, are the worst. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't, that. and I don't actually believe that. Mm-hmm. But like, there's this part of me that's like, yes, it does feel like the ball was dropped a little bit on like these basic college experiences. Mm-hmm. And I actually think college is a really interesting time because I think it's, I mean, we've said it before, it is a lot like high school in that you're still fucking lost as hell. And yeah. now you're lost as hell without having like, <laughs> a lot of guidance yeah yeah you kind of have to be lost as hell yes without structure there you go no i i just think that they it was well it's hard because also it was like a total chaotic time and season five i actually do feel like starts off really strong yeah and then we know that like 9-11 happens happens, like when they're filming it and so i it was just like a hot mess in the in the u.s and so it kind of feel like it shows and it, it, it kind of lost this momentum that it was yeah. starting to build, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and they do start off showing um, college and, you know, some things about college and like even them trying to stay friends. Like we're Pace- it's like what the 11th episode when Pacey's like, we've been trying to do these weekly dinners and now we're finally doing it, which yeah. feels really authentic, honestly. Oh, a hundred percent. You know? Um, yeah. and so I, I really buy that. Um, but so I feel like it was a combo of nine 11 happening, just like totally unhinging everyone. Yeah. And, and then, um, not knowing how to shift the, the ship that was just like drifting after that happened. And then they're like, well, let's just do our bread and butter. We're going to go back to Dawson and Joey. And you're like this again. <laughs> like, right, right, oh right. Yeah, totally. And so then that becomes like just truly painful to watch. And then that's why season six is totally off the rails. Cause they were like, yeah, okay. We're going to blow up Dawson and Joey. And you're like, okay, then what? And they're like, well, we don't know. Yeah. Meh. And everyone was kind of checked out and only there for a paycheck, it felt like. Right. So, because they were under contract. Yeah. And so there was like a real lack of direction. And and at that point, I feel like they try to level everyone up to be like full adults. Like, you know, Pacey's a stockbroker and like buys a BMW and Dawson's like filming a movie, like then becomes like the director of reshoots, you know? Yeah. Um, And so they're like kind of dealing with they the stories they wanted to tell weren't 
like didn't even make sense for these like 19 year old kids anyways. Right. Um, and that's, I think that's it. Right. Is it feels like that's where the unmooring happens is it's like these don't, these stories actually don't need to change all that much. Mm -hmm. And I think you can tell interesting stories and be in college because I think there's a lot of interesting things that happen in college. Yeah, no, exactly. But it's like, yeah, there's a real point. Like the hundredth episode, the show Oof. just takes a turn that like they just never recover. It never from. recovers from it until the, until, the like, last episode. Yeah, like and castaways, castaways, yeah. And, but even then, yeah. you know, like Castaways is such a good episode, but like it doesn't even make sense that we get it. <laughs> right. Um, okay, and then also from Rose. Mm. When it comes to the series finale, I cannot wait to hear what you have to say. I had a lot of thoughts. <laughs> a I know the show does Jen wrong a lot, but I couldn't believe they not only killed her off, but that on her deathbed, she's concerned with the Joey Dawson Pacey love triangle. Like the girl has a lot more important things to deal with. B. Also, she was abandoned by a partner, CJ, to raise um, and left to raise her daughter alone. Like she never found a great romantic love. So mean. And then C. One of the most beautiful relationships on the show was Jen and Grams, and I felt like Grams was hardly in the episode. How painful for her to watch her granddaughter die, especially after how much they've been through and how close they are. And Grams was basically sidelined in the episode. All true. It's hard because we watched the one with the cutscenes, and it turns out like a lot of the cutscenes had Grams. So like, yeah. I felt. Like, she was actually in the episode a lot. Um, yeah. I think that, like... I mean, I think that Jen... There's a part of me that, like, is grossed out by the fact that, like... You know, Jen dies and the the apparatus of the show is like, who's Joey gonna choose? Yeah. And you're like, I mean, are you fucking kidding me? I know. Like, that does feel icky and gross. Yeah. And like, I, I, there's no talking about it that's gonna make it feel less icky and gross. It's, it is. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, again, we talked about it a lot last week, but I, I, I don't, I, I hate that Jen dies. I mean. I know. I, I do think that it, it creates an impact but I hate it at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, those points we've made. I will say, like, I think that Jen, like, the partner thing with Jen, like, we don't get that information. And I think that's, like, an oversight. But also I would be annoyed if it's, like, let's go into all this backstory, yeah, right? Like yeah. the fact that it's just a mention, that's fine. Like we also don't know how Joey became a junior editor and we don't know how Pacey came to run, to buy this restaurant, mm -hmm. except when we see the deleted scene True. with him and Doug. Yeah, but like, yeah. you know, in the actual episode, you don't get any of that backstory. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, there's a part of me that's like, eh, fair game. Or how Dawson goes from like a flopped movie to a showrunner. Right. We don't yeah. get that. And that's kind of like what the five year difference like allows for. I, I just think that like when I'm feeling generous, the fact that Jen asked Joey and is concerned about Joey, I think is a good distraction. Yeah, I think I said it in the finale, but I just I don't think that was her dying wish. I think she uses that as like a gossip tactic, yeah, yeah. you know, like I'm making it my dying wish. Now tell me. Who yeah, is yeah, it, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, that being said, 
yeah, of course. Like the, the show just consistently does Jen dirty, and we all see it. We all know it. We all hate just it. hate it. Yeah. And I don't know. Like I just feel so conflicted about the finale because the reason why it's so good is because it's a Michelle Williams centric episode, and she's the best actress on the show. She's the best actor period on the show. Um, and so without that, you know, I just don't know. We would got gotten the good finale um however like i just don't think that's fair that jen had to die so we could get a good finale you know totally and like i think we've already discussed but yeah i just think that we could have gotten if grams died we could have still gotten the same caliber of acting and the same journey and all that stuff and it just would have made more sense yeah and i also think i mean I think that it's, and Bitter Script Reader and I were talking about this, and he was saying, like, you know, the fact that they kill off one of the main characters and it's people's, like, somewhat favorite episode is actually pretty, like, that's hard to do. Yeah. And I was like, good point. Totally. Good point. That is hard to do. Like, yeah, that's hard to achieve. And the fact that we feel so conflicted about it, mm-hmm. I think, is, like, a testament to how good it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's hard to wrap your head around. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so thank you, Rose. Yeah. Okay. This is from Katie. Yeah. When you were saying you're planning a series recap, I thought it might be cool for you two to talk about each character's individual arc through the show and what the message for each arc is. Because I always think when you look at Andy or Jen's arc specifically, you can't help but wondering what is the message here? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. That's a good question. Because I think that, like, I feel like I already maybe said Dawson, like, you know, how I felt about Dawson's arc, which is that it does he doesn't change. I mean, mm-hmm. he really doesn't change all that much. Mm-hmm. You know, he still doesn't apologize. He still yeah. doesn't, you know, it's like. He still hasn't figured out what love means to him. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think the arc of his show, well, I mean, it's just like, they kind of lay out, because we just watched the pilot, it's like, well, can your child, your childhood best friends survive your sexual awakening? And in terms of Dawson and Joey, the answer is no. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in terms of the other characters, the answer is yes. So, right. Which I, I like. I, I like a compelling, new, you know, Nuanced answer. answer, yeah. Like that, because I think it's true. There is no yes or no it's more about who you are and what your relationship what relationship you're trying to salvage um so Dawson's journey is about like him having his sexual awakening and not really developing a good relationship with love and sex yeah and um and that's really tragic and like I don't know and I also walk away being like him and Natasha are cool because he does kind of be like oh wow you were right that was just casual sex and now I'm kind of seeing that there is a capacity for me to do that and that's okay. And maybe, you know, I shouldn't have been judging other people for that, but he doesn't really develop this other relationship with love. He just has like still this kind of um, childish way in which he's like, well, I love you. So we should be together. And it's like, well, what? And like, what does love mean? You love your mom too, you know? So like, whatever. Um, And so we see the least amount of growth from him. Um, And I, and I, I just, like, I know that the message from the writers isn't what we've always taken away. But to me, the message here is, like, just how bleak it is to center white men 
Straight white men. Yeah, straight white. Straight white white men, men, you know, Um, for for everyone, themselves included. Yeah. Um, And like to me, that just feels like the message of like that's just boring and it's sad and like no one wins here. Yeah. Um, you know, Pacey. I feel like we find him really establishing like kind of. Well, we see him kind of reaping the repercussions of being groomed and assaulted and what that means for his sexuality or his sexual, you know, sexual identity. Um, but still remaining true to trying to be the best person possible, like trying to be a good person and constantly growing and having like his eye is on getting out of Cape side and being a good person and not face of people telling him he's shit. Right. And not just in the case of um, Miss Jacobs, but also in his father and in his mother mm-hmm. and, in, you know, the school and town, the town. Yeah. It's like we see him, you know, run up against this wall and then still come out like a compassionate, mm-hmm. you know, person who who has a lot of love to give and has a lot of space for other people. Mm-hmm. And and, you know, that's a really interesting journey. I think that's a great journey. Yeah. And I think that like. Oh, so, and then I think with Joey, I mean, it's hard because it feels like she hits a peak and then backslides. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, where she is in the finale, I like, like her a lot more. Yeah. Cause she does seem settled. She does seem like open. She does seem, you know, like, even though it's wild, her grappling with Christopher wanting to propose to me, feels like a real growth moment. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know if she would have... Like, I think she would have felt that way, but I don't know if she would have broken up with him. <laughs> right, right. Um, in, in the Joey we knew before. So, you know, when you watch her journey, she's kind of realizing that, like, people are going to put her on a pedestal, think that she's perfect, but in the, the day, the most important thing is what she wants. And, like, also, she has to choose. Like, you are in charge of your own life you have to choose yeah and i i do think we see that i mean i like we've been talking in this whole episode with all the questions they don't really develop joey and we don't really see her growth to getting to choosing pacey which is a disservice to us all um jack has the most complete arc in the sense where he's like he just comes to terms with his sexuality and who he is and who he is. And you just watch that. And in the end he finds true love and he finds happiness. And I think like, I guess, and family. Right. And I guess leading into from Jack to Jen, mm-hmm. like, cause I think that like, there's such a tragedy in Jen's story mm-hmm. and, and there's no getting around that. Yeah. It, it's a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, but I also think her narrative arc and her narrative arc with Jack, like that, I I really like the part where it's like, well, you want to, this is a show about soulmates. Those are the soulmates. Yeah. That to me is a very, that's a wonderful arc. And it's a wonderful arc for two people who have struggled so hard to mm-hmm. accept and love themselves. Mm-hmm. And for Jen, like, I do like, I do really like the narrative of Jen finding this love in a, in a platonic relationship that Mm -hmm. like, you know, she gets this fulfillment from Jack. And I think that like, 
I wish that the show handled that with more deftness. I wish, I mean, there's a part of me that wishes that like, that's how the show ended was like Jack and Jen deciding to, to parent together, together. Yeah, right, because right. like, yeah, and maybe cool. if it was made today, that's how it would end. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, you know, I don't know, but, but like this de-emphasizing that like romantic love is the pinnacle mm-hmm. of life. Like uh, it, stop it does not have to be and so there's this part of me that thinks that Jen's story you know with Jack like that is such a lovely moment that they share at the end when Mm -hmm. he says you're my soulmate you belong and you belong to me (laughs) I mean god don't I I will start crying immediately (laughs) but like um but like I but I agree it's hard to read Jen's storyline as anything but a tragedy and anything but like absolute and complete misogyny yeah yeah i mean it's yeah i agree yeah and andy's storyline i mean honestly the message there if you ask me is that like once you get out and see the world more you're gonna end up just fine like i don't know seriously like she gets to like go be a doctor and she looks fucking amazing in the finale you know like and she's looking doing great and like you don't have to be friends with your high school friends forever you don't have to be that person you were in high school forever yeah um and you can have people that you loved so much and you know and still have a space in your heart but you don't have to see them all the time you don't have to see them ever you can still check in on them you know but whatever boundaries make sense to you so i don't know i guess like for me that's the message i would take away from andy's storyline is that like yeah well when you get out from your high school bubble if you truly get out like your life is way better (laughs) truly um yeah truly yeah i don't really know what audrey's storyline is i mean i think audrey it's like you know I feel like there's not enough of her to really like assess that. Yeah. You know, I mean, from where she leaves off and at the end of this, the series, like, I hope she continues on the trajectory that she's on post yeah. rehab. Yeah. Cause she seems like she's doing okay. Yeah. Um, but also like, still hanging out with Jack Osborne though. So yeah. <laughs> well, and it's, and it's one of those things too, where it's like, you know, I mean, I know we've said it before, but no woman on this show can have sex and not be punished. Yeah, totally. None of them, none of them get to have sex and not be punished. And it feels at first like maybe Audrey gets to not be punished, but then no, that's not true. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, and that, I think that is a huge flaw of the show. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Only to be dwarfed by the Miss Jacobs storyline. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. So thank you, Katie. Yeah, thanks. Um, this is from Melina. Mm. Until Aaron kept calling it out as lying, I hadn't even thought of it like that. How Joey reacts emotionally was something I identified with when I was younger. The, quote, lying comes from being a people pleaser, living through a childhood where one wrong move or word got you a whole load of problems. Not that we ever got the impression this was her childhood. It comes from fear that no one would accept you if you do not say what they want to hear Mm. perhaps what joey learns from hanging out with dawson that your emotions are not as important are not important ones and the other person if they are fine you are fine covers until this happens um 
the whole freezing, head empty, unable to talk about emotions, and then lying in this moment, I get this. One of my boyfriends called me duplicitous. Um, they were so big that when um, something bit their tail, they only reacted days later. Um, emotionally, this was me. Uh, and this seems to be early Joey. And it comes from the fear of the other person not accepting your emotions. You have to keep neutral, show no emotions until it's safe to think. Work out what you're feeling and your reaction is. And then is there a way of communicating this to the other person in quote acceptable terms because you don't matter. Um, but in the terms of Joey, this is more complex idea of her is phased out in season four and is totally gone by season five. By then, she is just lying, and I totally agree with you. Why is Joey amazing? Joey is not amazing, other than her looks. <laughs> but that's just because it's TV. Even early on, she's normal, and this is what's good about it. She doesn't need to be anything special. We identify with the characters who are flawed. Season 3 is great because it shows two people fall in love properly by spending time with each other, um who find each other amazing. None of us are amazed to are amazing to everyone, yet by the end of the show, barely anyone can cross her path without falling helplessly in love and awe of her. Why? The writers don't even justify this reaction by making her amazing in any way, simply banal in the end, pretty face with nothing much behind it. The banter they make her do with everyone, it becomes so tired. Okay. I mentioned earlier in this episode that I'm reading a book about attachment theory. Yeah. And I will say that... Joey's reaction, I also very much related to because in attachment theory, that is the kind of adult you grow up into when you are deprived of a certain kind of attachment as a child. Mm. That's what attachment theory says. Mm. Um, and you grow in what kind of adult? The kind that lies or that ple people pleases? The, yeah, that like. And, and compartmentalizes mm -hmm. and and has a, has like the it's not necessarily lying or people pleasing. It's like I'm having a big emotion and I like don't really know how to process it. Mm -hmm. So like I'm going to be weird and and like unable to function. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're very good at covering that up. Like you go through the motions while you're like having a fucking epic meltdown inside. Yeah. And like everyone around you is like, well, she seems a little off, but I think she's okay. Mm -hmm. And like, that's not actually true. You're like having a fucking crisis of faith. Yeah. Right. So like, so I, so I get it. And I think that that's like actually very realistic. Um, in terms of like how people move into adulthood, particularly people with like dysfunctional families that maybe like, I'm guessing Joey didn't get a lot of attention when she was small because her mother was dying and her dad was in prison. Mm -hmm. And so like the kind of attachment that she had was like, I, I guess it like, like she says, it's hard to say because her dad goes to prison when her, after, when her mom is dying. Right. Well, or after or, or after she's dead i don't know um so like but then we it's like so conflicting about joey's home life and i'm not saying like it's not traumatic i, I definitely am, am not but like it's hard because like it, it does sound like maybe there was like fun parts of it when she and like her dad was loving in this way sometimes yeah like more so than say joe uh pacey's, pacey's dad, dad or jen's dad right. or andy's dad and jack's dad you know um, and like, we know her mom was really loving, um, and we see Bessie, like the result of that parenting in Bessie. Sure. Um, I think that like, 
I think that I read it. I've always read this part of Joey. This is why to me she reads as queer. Mm-hmm. Because I think that like growing up queer in a, in a community, in a place that does not accept that, I think that you learn how to compartmentalize. Mm. I mean, very well. And I mean, not as well as you would probably like, but like, you know, you learn how to compartmentalize and you learn how to hide pieces of yourself and you learn how to lie because like, that's what you have to do in order to get through it. Mm. And so for me, that always felt like that. And that's, and and I'm not trying to say that like, oh, queer people are liars, but like, you know, I do think that like, that is one coping mechanism to get through it. And so to me, that's always read as that from Joey and that like, as she grows up, she has to like get out from under it. I understand that that's not canon in the show. So like, I kind of have to like eat my words on that a bit, but to me, that's what, that's how one of the things that makes me feel, you know, that Joey is like queer storyline that I have in my head. Like to me, lying when you're a teenager feels real and authentic when you don't know what to do. But the problem with Joey is she never learns. I don't know. I I just like, duh, like I still to this day will find myself lying to my parents about dumb shit that doesn't even matter because it's just like a nervous tick that happens. 100%. Um, That is hard to break. Yeah. Yeah. Like it'll be about something super dumb and petty. Like, did you eat lunch? Yeah. What? I don't know. Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it just stuff like that, that just like you, I don't know. Like I, I, so I understand being young and, and, um, and lying, but she never learns. And that, yeah. that's where the struggle comes in. And like, you know, we're all on our journeys, but it's like, she's too smart for that. I don't know. Like you would think the way, like, I, I guess that's the, like the problem we have even with Dawson too. Like both of them never learn from like, okay, well I did this one path and like that kind of blew up in my face. So like, why don't I try it this other way? You right. know? And I just think that that's like your whole point of your childhood. You like go this, you're, you, okay, that didn't work. Oh shit. Okay. Let me try something else. And like, you know, when you're an, a young teenager, the, the swings are so yeah, wide yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you kind of hone it in. You're like, okay, well, just because I dated a jock doesn't mean that I need to, like, that's Date not how that boss. works. Yeah, yeah exactly. like, it doesn't yeah. work like that, but yeah, yeah, in yeah. your mind, like, it, it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you, you kind of hone in in this other way. But I don't think that we see that, any growth from her on that. We don't see any less, like, learning from her and like that that's kind of what i'm saying about when we don't see her really grieving pc and that breakup i agree um is like it, it's all about the show not like letting true feelings happen you know oh i agree completely yeah i agree completely and i just like even as much as castaways is such a good episode and we finally get them to talk we never really get the conversation of like pc being like i joked <laughs> This is what happened. And Joey being like, I never really chose you. I was always, you know, had I one was, foot out the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was still fighting for Dawson to be in my life. And I, and not just as a friend. Yeah. As more than a friend. Yeah. Um, and they never really could just sit down and say that to each other, which like, honestly, I would have liked. Same. Um, and I think it would have made both of them, I, I mean, definitely Joey much more likable and much more mm-hmm. like, okay, good. Like you admitted it. Yeah. 
you know, and I think we talked about that a bit at the time and in season six is that like it, it's it's hard when Dawson doesn't apologize and it's hard when Joey doesn't apologize, yeah. you know, and they're the two characters that most often don't apologize. Yeah. I think that often Joey, we feel that she is coming from a kinder place than Dawson is. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think that that's where a lot of people give her a little bit of slack or like just she's coming late, from a think, hurt place. I think the thing is with Joey is that we all like most viewers relate to her more than they relate to Dawson. So they don't, like, you know, you don't want to admit your own yeah. fault. Yeah, yeah, that too. True. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's like we're all fucked up people at times. <laughs> yes. and it's like hard to admit that. Very true. You know? Very um, true. And so that, yeah. that's the way I always feel about the space people give Joey is it's yeah. like, well, they, you relate to her. So you, you're like, well, I do that too. And I'm like, that's, I, okay. But that doesn't mean it's not fucked up. Like I, sure, like, sure. I've done things that are fu- like, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. We um, all have. We yeah. all have. So, um, yeah, it's hard. And then, yeah, the show just like then completely pivots to Joey being amazing. And we're never going to like, <laughs> we're never going to actually look at her as a human. Anything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's really frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you, Melina. This is from Stuart. Okay. Firstly, a huge thank you for this podcast all the way from the UK. I came across this podcast just a few months ago when you got into season six and have listened to it weekly and plan to go to the back of, uh, start of season one when you officially wrap. <laughs> Understand that it's going to sound a lot different at first. Yeah. <laughs> it took us a little while to get where we are now. Um, I think in the first episode of your podcast I listened to, Aaron made a joke of, of saying, I'm right on top of that, Rose, which instantly recalled the reference to Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter is Dead. Of course. Literally a family favorite movie of ours growing uh, up in the 90s. A yeah, classic. Duh. Yeah. Duh. And no one I've ever met in life seems to know. What? What? Who are you hanging out with? Oh, my God. Dishes are done. What? Dishes are done, man. <laughs> um, I knew it, when I heard the quote, I knew I was in good company. Like both of you, I watched Dawson's as it first aired back in the late 90s, early 2000s. However, I was definitely in the generation below the target audience as I was 10 when season one first aired. Mm. What really struck me rewatching the show over the past year is just how much perspective changes as you get older and how some things that seemed one way watching as a child are now completely different as an adult. My main feeling of this is the Paisley Miss Jacob storyline in season one. As a child, I remember watching the storyline unfolding, feeling sorry for them as a couple. Why couldn't people just leave them alone to be happy? <laughs> they clearly want to be with each other and only feel they can't because people have got an issue with the age difference. Such a shame. I mean, this is why that storytelling is fundamentally irresponsible. I agree. Um then I watched it now and I'm physically disgusted. She's a grown woman in a position of power and he's a 15 year old boy. She knows better and he doesn't. It's actually rape. And it angers me now watching as an adult that this topic is never treated or once referred back to as a situation where Pacey was abused. Uh-huh. Instead, it's all jokes about Pacey fucked his teacher. This is, leads me to wonder, as teenagers who were the same age as these characters watching this show growing up, do you recall feeling different at the time to how you do now as well as the storyline? I am aware that society has changed and that things that were once deemed acceptable no longer are, and I'm sure this does play a part into why the story, now, story seems so much darker in 2022. Well... You're in for a treat because we do talk about it a lot. 
yeah, um, yeah. in the first season. Yeah. But I will say, um, I think where I came down was like, I always knew that it was fucked up mm-hmm. that this was happening. Yeah. Um, this came out not too far after Mary Kay Letourneau um, went to jail. Big, he's from the UK. Oh, yeah, which was a big scandal here in the U.S. where a, a female teacher um, sexually abused for years a 12-year-old. 12-year-old, yeah, a student. Um, they ended up... They, the, this is how corrupt our justice system is in the U.S. Yeah. She gets out of jail, they get married and have two kids. Yeah. It's fucking corrupt. Truly. Um, and so, you know... Um, the beginning part of that had happened where uh, she had been caught and um, sentenced and was going to jail or was already in jail probably mm-hmm. um, when this storyline came out. So, so it had been big front page news and I knew that the show was treating it a certain way. And it does seem like the show's perspective was like, this is a relationship, mm-hmm. but it's forbidden. Yeah. And in my household, I remember my mother particularly, but both of my parents having these conversations because my mom watches a lot of news, even still to this day, and watched a lot of news at the time. So like that would come up on the news. And in my household, it was very much like that is fucked. Yeah. That was the general consensus was like that is fucked up. And this woman is an absolute monster and should go to prison. And so I I think it was like a little bit... (sighs) I remember like knowing that that's how my parents felt and then watching this and being like, but this show seems to feel like it's okay. And like, you know, there's Mm -hmm. a confliction in like, wait, who's, you know, who's the right person. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I do think that I knew that it was wrong. I feel like I didn't have as visceral a reaction to it. Mm -hmm. Um, as I do now, um, and partially because I was young, I was Pacey's age. Well, personally, I feel like my reaction to it now is so visceral because I know how the show treats it throughout the run. Right. Whereas when you're first watching it, you don't know that's what's going to happen. Right. Because they do act like it's illegal, but you should be rooting it for for it because you're rooting for Pacey, which is where like confliction comes in for me because mm-hmm. I, I like Pacey as a character. So, and even then you know, at the beginning of the show. So you're kind of like, well, if he wants, like, I don't know, but it was, it was, we knew this was a crime and, and it was illegal. And the language was already being developed that this was rape. We added the word statutory to it, but it still was rape. Yes. um, And that it was punishable and it was a crime and that it was unacceptable. And it wasn't just that it was an older woman and a younger boy. It was that like, a teacher and a student. Right. And I think that I know for me, that's what my parents were trying to reiterate is like, no, if yeah. this, this is a crime, this, if, if this happens to you, it's a crime, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. like kind of trying to have that as a teachable moment. Um, so I don't know. It's hard because again, at the time of the show, when it first is airing, you don't know they're going to double down and act like it's a relationship the whole time. The whole series. Yeah. So Yeah. That's like the most sinister part, but uh, yeah, that she gets treated like a legitimate romantic partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I've always maintained is that, like, I get that Pacey has to tell himself that because yes. it's too scary for him to say that he was raped. I under like I I can see that, but they don't do tell that. No, story. no, no. Yeah, 
And I, you know, you kind of like wish maybe they had. Right. Or like at least didn't have his friends all in on the like, yeah, and you fucked your teacher and you love older yeah. women and you've got a problem with older women. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. Let's unpack that for one second. And I re- like, so I guess maybe a better way to say this is that like in season one, you know, it's wrong, but you're like, okay, they kind of are acting like it's wrong too. But you know, like we're seeing the teenage point of view. And so, and also, and you know, it's TV, so you can like kind of just go on this weird head trip. But I think starting in season two, season five, when he's like on the, you know, microphone being like, you know, I have a problem with older women and like kind of acting like Alex Pearl was be like, once we get to that point and they're still going on, that was when it was like extra cringy for me where it was like, right. what? Like, <laughs> but those references start in season two when they're doing the test and um, mm-hmm. the like Cosmo test and yeah, but that like, he's all conflicted about it and he wants to hide it from right. Andy and he has like this confliction. And so you're like, oh, are they going to actually tell like this interesting story in the sense that like, yeah. You have to tell yourself narratives to survive abuse. Yes, absolutely. So like that is believable that he even throughout, even if he throughout the whole show tells himself this one narrative, but everyone else is kind of like, oh, like, you know. Right. But even like Jen at one point is like, Pacey's older women. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's Doug, you know, like the fucking sheriff. I don't know. Right. Um, Yeah. Um, It's bad. I mean, we knew it was bad, but I think now where we are at. You know, I think we're much more, like, hardline about how bad it is. Yeah, yeah totally. And it's very jarring to watch. Yeah. Because, um, like we've said, we just watched the pilot and you're like, huh, Pacey gets fucking punched in the face by a grown-ass adult that doesn't get sent into jail. Even though, like, I, like again, I don't believe in the carceral system, but, like, what? Is this? Yeah. They're punching a child in the face. Right. And then an old-ass woman kisses him, like... Oh my god. <laughs> I know. It's a lot. It's what? a lot to handle. Yeah. Oh my god. So yeah. Okay. And the final question. Mm. This is from Chris. Okay. Um, just another quick question before you to wrap up the podcast. I'm not sure if you said this on the show before, but how would you rank all the seasons of Dawson's Creek from best to worst? I mean, best is three. Yeah, obviously. And obviously. worst is season six. Like we can just And the get, worst is season we six. We can just yeah. get those out of the way. So mm-hmm. the middle mm-hmm. ones are the ones where you're like Hmm. Yeah. It's weird because I probably would have said, like, if we had asked, had the foresight to ask, and maybe we did, I don't know, like, to rank the seasons when we started this podcast, I probably would have said season four was my second favorite one, but. That's not true anymore. That's definitely, like, to me, season four is, like, the second worst one. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. I think that season two is my second favorite season. Yeah, that's what I've been thinking, too, because, like, season one is good, but, like, we've been saying with Miss Jacobs, half the season is, I I just physically can't watch it. Yeah. So, what, then, if you're just saying this season is good because seven, only seven episodes are good, and even the scare is not that good, you know what I mean? So, like... (laughs) Does have the wild women of dust. Yeah, Creek, like it's fine. OG like I love those wild I love those wild episodes. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. Like the scare, like those yeah. are like gems, Fun. but it's like not like a good it's not like I'd be like, you know what I'm gonna do? Sit down and watch the scare. I just honestly would never do that. Yeah. Um, so you know, then when you're kind of like thinking about it, you're like, well, I guess maybe there's only like five good episodes in season one, even though it just really sets the mood. 
season two, even though it has some, it takes a, some takes turns. some turns and goes on this thing. I just still really, really love the PC Andy. Yes, I love it so much. Yes, I also really like Jen's storyline. Yes, um, and it's, Abby Morgan. Abby Morgan is like so wild. Uh, you know, Jack obviously coming up. What Jack and Andy bring to season two, like they just really elevate the show. Yeah. and make the show so good, and I I just love them so much. Pacey and Joey, or sorry, Joey and Dawson are literally the worst part of that season. Yeah. Even though you're there for it at the beginning, but then yeah. I guess you're kind of, the, uh, the middle is so wild when he's like writing that script, making that movie about her. <laughs> yeah. It's it so fucked up. Yeah. I don't know. That was like particularly difficult to watch, I felt. But it it is good. Yes. It's obviously no season three, but it's good. And there's a lot of storylines that are really good. You know, and it's a wild, but like I just think on this rewatch, like season five, like the first two thirds of it to me is really good. Fun. It's good. Like the thing is, like this, it's the only season that Jen gets good storylines. Yes, she I agree. Gets to go Be on a radio a wild journey with Charlie and yeah. then kind of like get back at him. Like yeah. she doesn't get heart. Like she gets heartbroken. That's fucked up, and they punish her obviously. But she gets to fucking get back at him, yeah. which she never does at any other time with these men that are super fucked up to her. So that's like kind of fun to watch. She gets to like f- you know be in this like really fun beautiful relationship with someone that she really loves and she's known for so long and then she also gets to make the choice that it's not right for her yep which i think is really cool to watch like it's the only season that jen you know the first two thirds where jen is like kind of good things i don't know like it's fun to watch her storylines um you know, and I even think Pacey kind of like being in a chef is cool. Or I like, love that story. I, I really yeah, like I really that. think it's good. Yeah. I think the storyline of Jack and the frat goes on for too long, but I like what they did there. Yeah. I like it. It goes on too long or it just needed more of a backstory. I just really wish we got one line where he's like, oh, my my brother was in this frat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we could understand the why it's so important why, to him. Exactly. And that, like literally that's all you need to be like, well, my dad and my brother and my uncle were in this frat. And we'd be like, oh, okay. You know? Yeah. I think like for me, five and one, I, I would say it depends on the day yeah. where I put them. Yeah. I mean, I think like three, two, either five or one, and then either five or one. Yeah. And then four, four six. And six. I agree. Is probably how I go. I mean, because my thing is like in season one, I mean, episodes 12 and 13 in season one uh-huh. are phenomenal. In 10. In 10, yeah. 10, 12, 13. Phenomenal. Yeah. They're so good. Yeah. It does set the mood. It is so like iconic mm-hmm. of a, a season to set up who these people are and mm-hmm. what they're doing and like, and to sort of launch us out in this trajectory and i think that like that's not to be sniffed at that they like filmed and and did this whole season before they had any feedback and so and i feel like you feel that that like Mm -hmm. it's in a bubble and like it's so good and it's so like Mm -hmm. it doesn't it's not like being influenced by anyone yeah um and so i i think one is i mean despite it's like significant flaws um which is the first six episodes Mm -hmm. it's it is so good. But I agree with you that five, like, 
five is like a fucking, it's like a sneaker wave. Mm -hmm. Like you don't see it coming. And then all of a sudden you're like, I am thoroughly enjoying each and every one of these episodes. Yeah. You know, like I think the reason why it gets a bad rap is because they handle the Pacey Joey so poorly that you're kind of like. And downtown crossing. Right, right, right. Well, obviously, like I said, the last two, last third of it is like kind of unwatchable, but you know, only the first third of season four is watchable, you know. So, yeah, yeah. And the, la- the first half of of season one isn't watchable. Like right. half of it is. So it, every every season has there's its, a calculation. Every to be season had. has its faults. So don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, you know? sure. Um. So like, yeah, the last half of season five, it's just like, nope, you don't need to watch it. But it, the the I think the reason why he gets a bad rap is because Joey's storyline is miserable. Like the whole yeah. season. Not, what is a good episode for her where you care about her storyline, mm-hmm. you know? Like maybe the first episode, but yeah. even then you're kind of mad that yeah. they kissed and that I'm still having to hear about it. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and to find out like they didn't talk or, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, um, And Truly. to like still have it dragged out and no resolution between the two of them. And then the resolution I feel is good where he's like, I just can't with you. You're too much drama. And you're like, yes. That is the right energy, Dawson. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, We're here for this. I love this. Uh, so, but like her, like Professor Wilder, like, fuck, that's so fucked up. But it, it's almost like if you cut out all of her story, like the Professor Wilder and, you know, you would still be like, oh, this is really good. Um, and watching her, like the, the few moments we get of her and Pacey, if they had done more of that, more of the healing between yeah. them. Um and navigating like okay well so you're in boston so what now what so okay like are we gonna be friends and you know she does say that like i would hope you you're not hanging out with them i hope it wouldn't be my fault you yeah know? and i i really like that and i like watching them kind of establish their friendship again um we just don't get we you just want more of it yeah agreed um so i don't know yeah but I guess you're right. Like, I'd be more likely to watch Double Date than I... Well, I don't know. I would watch Hotel New Hampshire. I do think it's oh, a yeah. really good episode. And so, Appetite but, for Destruction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. But I, I definitely would be more likely to watch Double Date. Like, if I were to choose, I'd be like, maybe that one's... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard. It's hard to say. Because I, yeah. I feel like on any given day, I might have a different opinion mm-hmm. about five and one. Yeah. You I know. they're, like, tied for third. They're kind of tied for the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, for, I don't know, that's so wild how I used to think it was like the best one or the second best one, but like, oh, my oh God. it's like you can watch the first seven and then it's like, yeah, once Andy leaves, I, whoa, we're it done gets here. really hard. We're done here. And even, I mean, even a winter's tale, it's like, I mean, I remember, you know, watching that episode and we were like, oh, this episode is trash Terrible. until the last, the last five minutes. Or I know. Yeah. And I remember it being really bad because like they do that parallel. I was like, so. Um, Brooks dies when Joey's virginity dies. Like even at the time it aired, I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, um, yeah. You know, totally. obviously it's still hot to watch them fuck, and that whole scene is like everything. Don't yeah, her as romantic lead. Yeah, and like just like everything about that speech is just so perfect. I think. Um, so I like it, but I I just don't know if I I would just watch that clip on YouTube. I don't need to watch that whole episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, I so, agree. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel. Yeah, me too. Probably another thing that I learned that I kind of like season five. Yeah, which is so interesting. Yeah, I agree. 
But yeah, thank you everyone for sending your questions. I hope I got to as many of you as as I could. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, we just thank you so much for being here with us mm-hmm. and going on this journey with us. You know, it's it's been truly a really fun experience i don't know at times i've been like can we be done with this <laughs> yeah and at times i've been like i don't want this to end yeah yeah um and i don't know i guess that's how like we feel about the show on the whole you know where you're like totally you're in the thick of season three you're like this is the best thing i've ever seen in my whole life and then when you're in the thick of season six you're like make it stop can i be done now yeah, yeah <laughs> i want to go home yeah um so yeah, I don't know. It, it's been really fun, and I, I just have loved connecting with everyone, and I feel like even with everyone's questions, they're so in, in insightful and thoughtful and I agree. interesting, um, and I love that. I just love that we can all be like, what What was this? What did we live through? And like, um, And how cool was it that we – didn't we have a time? Didn't we have a time? You know, so that's mm-hmm. – We did. We had a time. We did, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's super fun. Um, and we couldn't have done it without y'all, you know? So. I, yeah, I agree. And I, I guess for me, I want to, you know, thank you all. I mean, from week to week interacting with us, whether it's on social media, whether, you know, it's, um, just yes, you listening, listening to the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Or if you've emailed us and stuff like that, I mean, you know, we, um, even if we don't respond to everything, we do appreciate it all and we read it all. Um, and so, you know, we really thank you guys for, um, the time you've spent with us, um, the time you've spent listening to us talk, the time you've yelled back at us in your cars yeah. that we're not aware of, but, <laughs> but we know, we yeah. know, yeah, yeah. um, you know, I think that it's such an interesting thing that, you know, our voices sort of come to you week to week and, um, you know, we always don't always hear back from you, but, but know that like we feel it and we feel, you know, how you engage with our, um, what we have to say and we appreciate you know you engaging with us and listening to us and whether or not you agree with us sometimes or all the time or never um you know we appreciate it yeah definitely yeah i know it's we couldn't have done it without y'all yeah um it's been really fun it's just yeah it's bittersweet like i keep saying like i just feel like there's no other word to really yeah yeah um highlight how it feels but um on the other hand, it's, it's kind of exciting too. Yeah. And I think, you know, next week we're gonna, we have some thoughts that we're collecting on how we feel about this project and Mm -hmm. doing this project and setting out what we've set out to do and what we feel like we've done. Um, and also about Dawson's Creek, how it defined our generation Yeah, and you know, how we feel about this show. So, um, stay tuned for that. Um, that's going to be, I think our last episode, Mm -hmm. uh, and so yeah yeah but yeah thank you all for being here Mm -hmm. we hope you all are staying safe you know winter's coming wear your mask um get your booster please get your flu shot yes um you know register to vote god yeah in the u.s make your plan to vote vote now yep like you probably a lot of places you're able to um it's just like a truly wild time to be alive um really <laughs> um black lives matter mm-hmm. defund the police mm-hmm. stop asian hate mm-hmm. honor our treaties water is life 
we stand with all movements that protect the rights of the working class. Police unions are not true unions. They work against the working class. Mm-hmm. Abortion is health care. Abortion is pro-life. Um, Medicare for all. Uh, trans rights are human rights. Uh, ban assault rifles. Um, uh, we stand with the people fighting in Iran for freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we stand against anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh yeah we we got a lot of work to do but you know we're all doing it i don't know i I just really think that we are just even naming it is really important um you can find us on instagram and twitter dawson's critique at dawson's critique uh you can email us um any final thoughts you have dawson's critique at gmail.com uh we want to shout out our boy Kilia for making our theme song. You can find him on Instagram at go freaking crazy. You can follow my Finsta at Aaron.hensley for Capitalism Corner. We have merch, bit.ly slash Dawson's Critique. Like I said, that'll always be up there. Like well, there's yeah. no, nothing, no reason not to keep it up there. Yeah. Um, we have a Patreon. We're gonna have that for probably like a few more weeks or whatever. Yeah, I might to, I might put some of the Patreon episodes on this feed. Yeah, we might so that at the end do they're that. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so that's uh, patreon.com slash Dawson's Critique. Um, uh, and as always, you can order our book, I Remember Everything, Life Lessons from Dawson's Creek, available wherever you get your books. Let's shout out to the Writer's Block in Las Vegas, Nevada. Amazing. They're a great store. store. Yep, they're awesome. Uh, and... Um, I've been talking to them this week, so they're on my mind. Um, and so you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Pesty1079. Uh, we'd like to thank you if you wrote a review, liked us, subscribed over these years. We really appreciate it. We appreciate you having been here with us. Um, thank you for uh, doing that. It's helped us immensely. Um, and with that, we're going to see you next week for our final episode of mm-hmm. Dawson's Critique. <laughs>